ready? I guess. It's almost as bad as cleaning a cell phone that was dropped in a shit-filled toilet. It's almost as bad as, hey, it's a new podcast, everybody. <laughs> it's almost as bad as what just happened to you. Yeah, it just happened to me. Just did. Isla tr- takes a shit. Yep. On her phone. Yeah. Doesn't shit on her phone. No. She's <laughs> <laughs> incorrect. She's taking a shit and entertaining herself with her phone while mm-hmm. shitting. Yeah. Turns around. I'm sure not to flush because no one in this house flushes but me and Georgia. Mm-hmm. And dropped her phone in the shit-filled toilet. And then instead of getting it herself, yelled, Mom, Mom, Mom. No, didn't yell. Screamed. Screamed like she was being stabbed. Mom! Mom, I need your help right now, Mom! And I'm in the kitchen. I went, what do you need my help with? I just dropped my phone in the toilet. And I said, literally, you're on your own. (laughs) I'm not getting your phone out of the toilet. I said, you need to get it out and you need to rinse it off. And then you can bring it to me. The uh, so gross. I need I need one more bit from those two. I want you to I want to talk to you about my set, Leanne. You do? Yeah. Body Shots World Tour uh, kicks off again this weekend. We are back out on the road this weekend. Omaha, Kansas City, and uh, Des Moines. Nice. I will be there. Uh, thank you, everyone that came out this past weekend amazing shows detroit god i love detroit god i love detroit i heard that was a great venue the masonic it's the largest masonic town hey leanne yeah okay your podcasting skills when you work with me leave something to be desired oh come on you're throwing the ball to the dog yeah because you told me to bring the dog in yeah, but here no, but i didn't say like get her worked up and you start not doing yeah but she's what- gonna chew the furniture she's it's all fucking metal no it's not you're sitting on a leather couch Oh my god i'm sitting on a cloth chair there you go this is great leanne i didn't do that you did it it was your idea i would no, have left her in the you, crate in no, the house you, you were trying to teach me a le- this is what you're doing you're trying to teach me a lesson no i'm gaslighting you yeah you are gaslighting i'm me. gaslighting you know why why i am gassy for more leantics check out wife of the party <laughs> that's leanne's podcast that she does rock climbing when's that come out I don't know when rock climbing comes out. We are um, we went rock climbing. Uh, Kirsten and Kathy and I all went rock climbing, and we're podcasting about it. I think tomorrow. So oh, for real? I don't know when it comes out, but we're going to talk about it tomorrow. It was so awesome. I can't wait to talk to them because um, finally yeah. the two of these fucking idiots are playing, and it's when, <gasps> it's when we're doing a goddamn. They've been we've had real problems with the the puppy and Priscilla and Mona. Well, it's mostly with Mona. I think Priscilla was just establishing her dominance, and she's kind of relaxed it. Mona is basically like every person in this house can go fuck yourself because I'm 12 years old, I weigh 15 pounds, and you continue to bring full-size human dogs in this house (laughs) to fuck me over. I mean, the the little dog will take off running and just run over Mona, knock her at full speed, run over her. And Mona gets so Jesus mad. Jesus Christ, this is the worst idea. <laughs> Whose idea was it to bring this the dog here? Idea. It was your idea. Thank you. I'm not gaslighting you. It was your idea. You know what? You just, we're just scaring the fuck out of people. You don't they've think got things through. On a train, and, now, and now they're just hearing Priscilla bark. But it's because you don't think things through, mister. I don't think anything through. No, I know. I thought this through and was like, bad idea. I but. live somewhat of an unexamined life. Unexamined hate. Don't don't I've do that. It. Um. So who are your sponsors this week? 
All right, do me a favor. Take the dogs inside while I go through my ad sales. Today's podcast, Andrew Schultz. It's a great fucking podcast. It is really it? is a great fucking podcast. He is. There's a few guys that are just really blowing up. Yeah. And and is he one it's of them? So you know, it's so fun. I I wish. I hope that God damn. Okay, for real. Take the dogs inside. I'm going to do my well, reads. You don't think people no, like Leanne, Leanne, no Should one's liking this. Should we mic her? Why don't we put her on a mic? No, no one's liking this. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, Izzy and Priscilla are liking it. But right now, everyone's just going. They're just getting. <laughs> it's, it's giving someone PTSD. Is it tweaking your anxiety? Leanne, it's, it's tweaking my fucking anxiety. Is it tweaking your anxiety? Please stop. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stop having you on my podcast. You're just distracting me. Go take the dogs inside. Did Go that, take the dogs inside. You know, you almost whined when you said that. You better watch out. All right. Have fun doing your reads. I will, as usual, take care of the dogs. <sighs> it's a great podcast with Andrew Schultz. He's in Australia right now. If you get a chance and you're in Australia, the Matador tour is touring all through Australia. He just ate kangaroo today. Priscilla, you better fucking go with them. She can stay. But uh, it is... Uh, now she's going to paw at the goddamn door. This is... By the way, this is what I do love in a podcast is the griminess of it, the dirtiness of it. The just... Did you hear the read where his dogs are barking? By the way, uh, I want to thank my sponsors today. Sponsors like Blue Apron. I have a Blue Apron sitting in the kitchen right now uh, and I will be cooking it in a matter of seconds. Blue Apron is more than just a great dinner with farm fresh ingredients, but that's a place to start. You're not just making dinner, you're making memories. I've said this ad nauseum. I just said this the other day to someone casually. They're asking, do you cook? And I said, I, well, I do, but I don't I don't count Blue Apron as cooking because it's I'm not that good of a cook, but when Blue Apron sends it to me, I'm amazing cook. I have fond in, in my meals. But more importantly, it's where my daughters and my wife and I sit down at the end of every day and we connect. That is the most important thing out of all of this podcast. When I am on my deathbed, I'm going to go, the podcast was fun. But man, those Blue Apron dinners brought my family together. And if it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't have Blue Apron. They offer three flexible plans. The two-person plan, the four-person plan, family plan, and the WW freestyle plan. WW Freestyle is when you want to be a little more healthy. I love, I love, by the way, I would I would have found Blue Apron maybe, but, I, but, but I, I'm just reiterating, but thank you to Blue Apron for sponsoring this podcast. They are a part of our lives. But uh, it makes cooking uh, at home a sustainable part of any weekly program routine. The menus carefully designed and tested by their tef- test chefs. Our test, their test kitchen uses unique specialty ingredients to bring chef quality recipes to your dinner table. The goal is to make dinner more accessible for everyone, exciting and more delicious. Our daughters have expanded their their palates beyond what we ever could have imagined. I mean, quite honestly, sometimes they go, is this a Blue Apron? And you can hear in their voice, I'm not going to eat it unless it is because I trust Blue Apron. Everything is affordable. Uh, it's not time-consuming. It never takes more than like 30 minutes. And... Uh, and it's not that difficult to cook. If I can do it, you can do it. Start making delicious, bragworthy meals at home without hassle. Try Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash birdcast. That's blueapron.com slash birdcast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. 
God, great meals coming out. They got meatball with tomatoes. Those are really good. Thai-style glazed tilapia. I'm telling you, man, I can't wait. We haven't gotten it yet. The Sicilian cauliflower stromboli, I cannot freaking wait for. Check out the menu. Sign up. Spend more time with your family. This podcast is also brought to you by Policy Genius. September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Most, most people aren't even aware of that. In fact, most people aren't aware that they need life insurance at all. That's why 40% of Americans don't have it. The one thing I did when we had Georgia is I got life insurance. My dad was like, buddy, you got to take care of your family. No one wants to think about dying, okay? I will tell you that right now. But you need to be prepared. And as they say, 40% of Americans don't have life insurance. That's just insane. And I think sometimes people get overwhelmed by the idea of life insurance and how to get life insurance. That's why Policy Genius is so awesome. It is the easiest way to shop for life insurance online in minutes. You can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best price. And once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork, all the red tape. And by the way, they don't just do life insurance. They do home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance. If you need life insurance, but you haven't gotten around to it, this is the month to do it. It is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. It is as good as a time as any to get started. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easiest way to compare and buy life insurance. Thank you to both my sponsors. And if we have mid-rolls, thank you to those sponsors as well. Thank you to you guys for being so kind and understanding that those reads pay for the podcast and it makes free entertainment. So support my sponsors, definitely support my sponsors. And thank you guys. Today's podcast is fucking awesome. I love this guy, dude. I feel like some guys you're cut from the same cloth as and Andrew Schultz. I feel like we we are brothers in marketing, brothers in content, brothers in Instagram. I love his Instagram. If you don't Follow him on Instagram. You should. You should also check out his podcast with who I will say is one of my favorite media personalities. He's not a comic, but he could be one. Charlemagne the God. I love The Breakfast Club. I love Brilliant Idiots. Um, And Andrew's doing everything right, man. He's busting his fucking ass. So go out and support this young comic. He is in Australia right now. Me, I'm on the Body Shots World Tour. Like I said, I'll be in Omaha. We have added a show in Omaha. There are tickets still available. Kansas City, I've added a show in Kansas City. There are still tickets available. And Des Moines. I think Des Moines might be sold out, but you can check anyway. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Houston, Charlotte, or Charleston, Jacksonville, Fort Myers, Syracuse, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Virginia Beach. We're getting well into November now. Sober October starts in one week. In one week. We are starting Sober October. I, I uh, Get ready for details. We will announce them, I think, October 1st. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good one. It should be a great one. I can't fucking wait. Sober October. Yeah, do it with us. Do it with us this year. Do it along with us this year. Get involved. Give your liver one month of a break. Sober October starts in one week. But today's podcast with Andrew Schultz, like I said, is a burner. I love this guy. He is absolutely hilarious, and he has dreams of being the GOAT. And let me tell you something. There are very few people that I actually believe it when they say it. This guy is a fantastic comedian. If you don't already follow him on his YouTube channel, his Instagram, his Twitter, check out his podcasts, Brilliant Idiot, and then he, Brilliant Idiots, and that's it. Let's start the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, this week's podcast. Oh, oh, should I tell you? We're thinking about releasing on Fridays, too. So check out for two a week. We're going to start going two a week. 
while we're on tour. So we got another one coming out this Friday. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, there will be no ads. It'll just be straight podcast. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Schultz. We're gonna find them what we want. What do you want? Um, we want fucking big. Like how how big we talking? Like uh, five thousand square feet. Like floors. Uh, yeah, uh, more more land. So we found a couple places, but I don't know. You rolling? Um. Yeah, it's a tough one. You bought this one? We bought this. Ooh. A while ago. Yeah. This was like, it's hard when you, do you own or do you rent? I own. You own your place? Where yeah. do you live? Gramercy. Really? Yeah. That's great. I'm successful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> no, I got a place because I was just, I was making all this money on the books for like, uh, from MTV. So oh, yeah, I like, had, right. yeah. So I was just like, I had money and I had like proof of income and I was, I'm a comic. I'm like, I don't know when this is going to happen again. Yeah. So I was like, let me just do it now while the banks think that this That's is going to so continue. Smart. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I, there's, I've, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Yeah, I can't I mean, wait. so much. I can't. I don't even know where to start, but I will start there. I didn't know shit like that. Like, there's there's comics that have different brains. Yeah. That have like, can wear different hats. Like, I'm the kind, I'm, I'm, uh, I would argue I'm, I'm more like, um, kind of like a, if I had never met my wife, I'd be the guy that sat at the cellar all night eating yeah. free chicken wings, never asking for anything more. Yeah, I would yeah. have never. I would have never. I don't know if I would have yeah. ever. If I hadn't had kids, I would never be working. I'd just be right. the drinking, yeah. stay out at late. And then there's guys like Segura. Segura is very business minded. Not right. to take away from his creativity. Yeah. A lot of people hear that and think that's a slam on creativity. Yeah, it's not. Segura's mind is. I remember doing a gig with him, and he was like, "So you put money away from your retirement?" He was a feature. <laughs> and i was like huh i, was like, I yeah. take 11 dollars from every check that's the way his brain works is his yeah. brain is like very yeah. fiscally minded i'm, I'm but, but yeah. it's late to the game when it comes to how you're playing the game right because now he's looking at what you're doing going like you know maybe i shouldn't reinvest money in my career and start right. filming some stuff and getting stuff out there and yeah you know as opposed to just retweeting videos of guys getting their dicks cut off it's with <laughs> that sugar sense of humor right but uh, but when when did you you bought a house when you were a kid? No, nah, I bought a house a few years back. So when was this? I maybe I've had it for like two years now. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. How did you start? Not a house apartment. I got an apartment. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah. how did you start? Stand up. Every I want to know everything. Okay, I want to know was, everything. Yeah, there's so much. You know, what's crazy is you're out. You put yourself out there so much. Yeah, there's so much. I feel like I know about you, and I know nothing. I don't talk about myself a lot. That's another thing I want to talk about. Yeah, like you got you got that rogan burr part where it's like i don't jesselnick yeah uh tosh a lot of yeah. great comics don't like sharing too much about themselves why am i like who am i why am i interesting dude you're fucking fascinating yeah but like i feel like your dad was a diamond merchant <laughs> in, right off times square and he and he and he'd sit down and he'd go andrew i've got a lot of life lessons i want to teach you number one reinvest in yourself always reinvest okay. in yourself financially illiterate I'm financially illiterate. Okay. Both my folks 
pretty much financially illiterate, but they made good like moves. Like my mom was just a beast. Really? My mom was like, I mean, my mom's born and raised in Scotland, comes here like what? in her mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay. Most people oh, assume, man, this is all changing the day. Oh, yeah, most people assume I'm Jewish, right? And, Everyone uh, assumes you you're Jewish. Yeah, not Jewish. You're but, just New York. Uh, I'm just New York, right? And the name, so it kind of, you know, fits the bill. And then um so basically, yes. Yeah, so she comes in the tw- when she's in her twenties, and she was just she was a dancer. My parents went to dance school, taught like dance lessons. That's why I loved your video. Yeah, 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 your t- yeah. Your parents were dance teachers. My mom was a three time U.S. ballroom dance champion. I yeah. mean, this is not you know you know this yeah. is like blowing my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. There is a rat right across. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there, is oh, that yeah, okay? Yeah. We have chickens back there. Okay, got it. So the got rats it. go in to eat the chicken. I see. I see. Yeah, I see, yeah, I see, yeah. I see. I'm predictable. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta move. Gotta move. <laughs> Time oh, no. to go. Dude, there's rats. And we have a queen palm, and I brought my drone up yesterday to go to the top of the queen palm, and there are rats everywhere it's like the secret of nim like they're just it you gotta go no you, yeah, it's yeah. part, it's of, part of it if you, if you have a any fruit tree in la you you're got gonna rats. have rats okay fine yeah. so, so keep going so mom comes in she's you know the best at what she does and then starts this dance studio my dad was uh in the news business he was like an on-air like news reporter in baltimore moved back up to new york but he's like a city kid he was born and raised in manhattan and then yeah. uh moved back up to new york and then um and then, like, you know, starts kind of, like, helping my mom with the business. So they just had, like, this, you know, dance studio teaching salsa and fucking swing and shit. Shut up. Can yeah, you dance? Yeah, so that's why I, I know the basics. I'm not, like, some great No, dancer. but you're into hip-hop. Yeah. I know, I know for a fact. You so- know more about hip-hop than me. This, this is the thing that's, like, I'm I'm tangentially, uh, you know, into hip-hop in that, uh, like, I do it with Sharla, right? So yeah. I do, you know, Brilliant Aids with Sharla. Dude, we're going to talk about him. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm obsessed with that man. Well, I know, I know. And you should I'm be, rightfully so. That, man. that guy is- He's amazing. He really is fucking amazing because yeah. even when he's wrong, he says he's wrong. That's what I like about yeah. him. Like, yeah. Like, he called someone out on Donkey of the Day and it was wrong. There's like- a week ago. Yeah. And then he called himself out. Like, I love Charlamagne. We're going to talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. But so keep going about hip hop. So, so yeah. So like, I mean, I was always like, I guess a fan cause I grew up in it. Like I'm from New yeah. York. That's just all we had. We didn't have any other option, you know, but like I found other music as I got older. Like I found like country and shit. I like country now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I found it late. Like I'm 35 and I just started listening. Oh, there's some great country yeah. like Dwight Yoakam. I don't know him yet. Oh. I, I just got Chris Stapleton. That guy's good. Oh, you've been hanging out with Joe way too much. I love Chris. Oh, Wait, does Joe, does Joe like Chris Stapleton? Oh, of course Joe Dude, likes Chris Stapleton. that's my guy, man. I love that Dude, guy. Joe's got the most eclectic gr- set of like music. Like, you'll, I'll put something in a video, yeah. and Joe will just text me going, Dude, I've been sleeping on Quillian's Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Fuck, what a great song. Where did you find that? Like, But Joe's, but Joe's like uh, good friends with that whole... I th- if I'm not mistaken, good friends with that whole clique. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys that are young. Yeah. I think it started with Shooter Jennings, and Shooter yeah. introduced him to a lot of those guys. I used to shit all over country music, and I'm realizing as I got older, it was just like a, you just, there's so many rats. It's like, there's like You're seeing it five, right in. there's like five, six rats oh, just there is, converging. There's, more rats there's in there a than there's horde of there really fucking rats. There's an entire oh family. Oh. Dude, it is. Oh my God. Bro, there's, oh. I've, there's 10. I've seen 10 rats right across from where we're doing this. Oh my God. You're not joking. And bro, there's a fake owl that's meant to scare them off, I think. That's the point of the owl, right? Oh my God. that That is more rats than I've ever seen. 
in that ca- in that cage yeah. ever in my life. Dude, you do a good job of like pretending like you don't see that regularly. Oh, it, it doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> oh my god, bro, that's so many rats. <laughs> you dude, know we had them. We had them in our house. <laughs> no, dude, don't tell yeah, me that. We had them in our house. I don't fucking. And uh. but when we and we, you could hear them in the attic. Yeah, and they were just living in the attic. Yeah, and um, we had to have a we had to have an exterminator come out. And they got up in the attic and he was like, oh, there's like a fucking nest. Yeah. So they had to seal off the attic. And then for a week, we watched dudes that have been on vacation, like rats that have been on vacation, try to get back into their family. Oh, it, it, I know this is crazy. I know I'm going to sound like a lunatic. Yeah. But it breaks your heart to see a rat be like, my family's in there. And like outside going, how do I like and literally almost dying to get it, like killing himself to get yeah. in. It was it was totally heartbreaking. Okay now they're all out here. Yeah, totally okay. Yeah, because you grew up in New York. And yeah, and also I don't care about animals as much as most people. Oh, yeah. Are you a big animal guy? Uh, yeah, but not not like. How crazy. many animals do we need? Well, like we're, how we're, many do we really we're, fucking need? We have two dogs. We're getting a third dog next weekend. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not talking about like in your house. I'm talking about like how many species of animals do we really need, dude? I but hold on. Just tell me how many we really need. I I could use more. If I, if how great would it be if we started discovering new species? We do every day. I, there's a new beetle or I, something like that, but we don't need it. I wish they would interbreed like a lion and a gorilla, and we could get a like. I'm fucking upset. A gorion? A gorion? That sounds like an Asian person <laughs> saying lion. <laughs> Wait a minute. So okay, so like if if a thing goes extinct, that's like really like when the oh, rhinoceros that my heart. rhinoceros goes extinct. Dude, have you ever seen a bald eagle? No. Oh. Let me tell you something. I grew, I'm a little older than you, so I grew up when bald eagles were like facing extinction. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw a bald eagle, I was in Alaska yeah. in a, one of those bush jet boats. Yeah. And we saw a bald eagle and, I, and everyone I was with was like, everyone was my age. They're like, holy fuck, a bald eagle. They're fucking huge. Yeah. And they're beautiful. And you're like, holy fuck, a bald eagle. And like yeah. lost our minds. But I feel like we could do that with a kite. We could make a nice <laughs> kite. Right? Like we could make a beautiful ornate kite and wait, then just hang them up for whatever. So wait, and then it looks like bald eagles have everywhere. Have you heard about forest bathing? What? Forest bathing? No. You got to do this while you're out. When do you go home? Uh, wait, wait. Forest bathing? Hold on. Forest bathing. Okay. I go, I go home tomorrow, but then I go to Russia. <laughs> what are you doing in Russia? I'm doing a show in Russia. Where, bro. where, where? Um, Moscow. Have you performed in Russia? No. You got to go. If there's anybody that's got to go. <laughs> if there's anybody that talk owes your, something to Russia. Talk to your promoter, Sergey, and tell him to hit me up. Doug, you've really had collusion. Like, Wait, what? How are, big of a venue are you doing in Moscow? I think it's like maybe 400 seats, something like that's that. It's fucking huge. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's fucking huge. How did you get a Moscow fan base? They just asked me. Apparently, one of my clips, uh, like a stand-up clip, was going around, and it was kind of like important for people who are like starting comedy out there they were oh, like okay. hey this is cool we should do this i thought you were gonna be like it's socially it was about you know like your wife if she speaks up you gotta <laughs> you know, <laughs> they got that down <laughs> you know that's why they, t- they tried to bring everybody loves raymond to russia uh-huh and it just didn't work because they were like he was like who lets their woman talk like that huh? <laughs> you hit her you hit her a little bit and say bitch you don't talk to me like that um yeah well, animals I, we were I talking would... something about animals oh bald eagles yeah I just feel like there's a lot of animals that it's time to go and we're holding on too long. Okay. Like this house, you have rats everywhere. It's time to go, right? Like, like I, all I see is rat tails hanging, hanging down like little icicles. I, by the way, I can't not see them now too. 
Mike like Seed is directed. Is, I feel like this is an intimidation tactic that you learned in Russia. Like, I feel like this is this is a way to like get the guests. I mean, a I off can't believe how many rats are in there. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, it's shocking. I can't you realize that's it. the only takeaway anyone will get from this podcast is like Bert's got rats. Yeah, I, I there hope will so. be animations. There will be like that's where people will hang their hat on this podcast. <laughs> you could be like, you know, actually. I, uh, Bro, there are no less than 50 rats going up and down, and they're more. They're coming down the tree. This is like you got to oh, call the city. You got you to you get to call the city. You got you to scare them or something. Halston, why are you going outside? Halston. We are safe from them Halston. in here. You got to scare them, Halston. Don't scare them. They'll come in here. Close the door. Just cu- close the door. Close Does, the door. Close the, the chickens. Door. We're not right. doing this. We're I would not doing love this. for Halston to be attacked by a Why is right he now? doing that? This is something I don't get. But that's what I'm saying. So a rhinoceros. Oh, my God. Okay, now when you see all that, could we live without rats? What if rats just no, went? No, you couldn't. See, I, because... Don't give me the whole thing. The ecosystem falls yeah, apart. Yeah, 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 it yeah. doesn't. Because we've been killing animals forever, and we're pretty good. Yeah, but... Uh, was I don't know. Yeah, maybe we, I could live without rats personally. I could live without rats. So now we just take it one. Rats. Now, what about polar bears? I've never, I've never needed one. Do you see how we're flipping? <laughs> you see how we wanted more animals, and now we're like, how many do we need? I don't need polar bears or seals, really, dude. <laughs> I'm cool without sharks. <laughs> okay, like if, so, we, if you started, if you started doing a draft, let's keep let's going. flip it. Keep going. Let's do a draft yeah. of animals we need. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Cows, chickens. I, I think if we have cows and chickens. Cows, chickens. That's it. I don't think we need many more. Maybe a fish. It would be nice to have whale, whales. I like, no, whales don't hurt anybody and they kind of cool when you see them. Yeah, unless you're a plankton and you're like, you these guys are dicks. It's a fucking holocaust every time they open their mouth. Dude, have, Dude you know, if you're you know a plankton. Me, do you know how many snorkelers get eaten up by whales Wait, every really? year? Because they're whale watching and all of a sudden the plankton rush at them. And my my buddy John oh, Mann's just shit, and you're you get caught up, and it just whoa. whales gotta go, <laughs> they gotta go. Dude, okay, I, As, what animal has struck all in your heart where you went, holy fuck? No dogs gotta stay. No 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 no. What? Like all oh. dogs never give me awe. Yeah, I, I saw a lion one time. I was like 15 feet yeah. from a lion. Okay, in a, uh, in the safari safari. It's a majestic animal. So and then you looked at it right, and then. When you were done looking at it, right? I was done before everyone else. And that, that's interesting you say that because I remember everyone was like, whoa, and I was like, I, I got it. Yeah, the hair. Same with the whale shark. We went scuba diving with whale sharks, and they're like, we're going to go down there for 45 minutes. And I was like, cool. And we got down there, and Ten I was like, in. five minutes in, I'm like, I am done with this fucking whale shark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, whale shark's kind of a pussy. <laughs> whale shark. It's like, eat shit. something, dog. He's just <laughs> he was, sitting he there doing nothing. He caught in the net like he was in Japan. They had netted him so you could... Like they take people Come out on. and just, oh, it's fucking on, sad. That's all I'm saying is like, we don't have to have all the animals and we're, we're spending all this time trying to save some. Yeah. And I think it's like, God is going, it's kind of better without a, without that. <laughs> yeah. do, do you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I get a little crazy with this kind of stuff. Like I, I'm like a global warming guy. Like I think that might work out. I, 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 you know, what's so funny is. Uh, it might work out. It might think? be what we want. You think? I'm almost a hundred percent wait positive. Pitch, pitch me pro global warming. <laughs> it's just like by the way, this is what can I tell you what it's is like, so what, frustrating like, as yeah. a man that's 46 is one of our favorite things to do as a comic is yeah. take an angle no one sees. No one takes. And then and then literally sit and chew on it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So like we do that with global warming. 
Like who, okay, who suffers from global warming? There's like four Eskimos that still want to live up there. The Bahamas. That's kind of annoying, but look, you can't make an omelet without that cracking fucking, some eggs. That, that, <laughs> you know that, that hurricane has been sitting on top of the Bahamas for 48 Bro, hours. It won't go. And it's not moving. It won't go. I feel, I mean, I've been in hurricanes. Yeah. Can you imagine 48 hours of you going, because you no. don't have any news. You don't There's have any information. Nothing, dude. You're yeah. just sitting there going, fucking enough already. How have we not figured out hurricanes yet? That's another thing. Trump's like, drop a bomb on him. And I'm I was like, okay. Well, have, how, why hasn't anybody tried it? Dude, you don't think people in Bahamas were like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Just fucking give it a go. I mean, someone's got to try it. Yes. If I mean, I don't know what the bomb does, but there's got to be something you can do to a hurricane. You know what it would do? Have you ever seen this, the, this, the, what, the, when they drop a bomb and then the, the sound wave travels yeah. and air travels and all of a sudden everyone's like, whew. I wonder if it would push and disperse the storm. So now it can't spin and doesn't have any power. That's the problem with Trump is that he says this crazy fucking thing that everyone writes off. And then and you go, like, wait a hold minute. on. Did some did someone smarter than him say it? And now he's saying it. And now we're writing it off because he's saying it. 100%. Because drop a couple bombs. Just see if it does anything. Dog, the bombs. The other thing was the ice. Did you, We tried to do that back in the day, but we didn't have like the technology. But like if you just have this massive block of ice and you put it in the eye, it's too cool. It needs warm air. So you have a tugboat bring in a fucking ice cube? Bro, and the the, the, the glacier's already going. Yeah. Look, I'm not I'm not a specialist in, in any means with this kind of stuff. I just feel like there's certain things we should have figured out. Yeah. I feel like we if if hurricanes hit New York, we would have figured it out. I heard that one did. Big J lost everything. Wait, he did? Oh yeah, there was one. Oh, that, that's right. There was one that went up the coast and Big yeah. Jay lost everything. Kevin Hart gave him like fifteen grand to get his life back. On no the way, track, thirty-five grand, something like that. Really? Yeah. And never, never call. I mean, not bad or good, but Kevin Hart gave him the money. Never said anything. Never called him. Never. And they kind of, you know, that's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a I good think, guy. By the time this airs, people will know what's going on with Kevin Hart. I'm, I think more. Yeah. I think it's been so quiet. I think. Yeah. I'm not fucking feeling good about it. Yeah. In terms of what. I think it's more of an injury than we think or more that something happened more. Yeah. Because it's so quiet. Yeah. I mean, my assumption would be he was driving and they're trying to make it seem like he wasn't. That Just from the fact that you don't hear any information. Very seldomly do you get in a car accident and then get in an SUV, go home. Right. And to go get help. you're drunk or something like that. Was, so, now uh, yeah. so there's a drunk I mean, I don't know. I, I would never want to put blame on Kevin. But I, I just, a second I heard all this, I was like, and then... They drove him to the hot. I mean, I just, it just sounds fucking horrible. Yeah. You know, do you drink? A little bit. Like, well, like how much when you say, like, how many times have you gotten drunk this month? Ooh, not that many, but I'll get drunk. Like I, for years, didn't drink at all. I don't drink before I'm on stage. No, me either. No. I mean, I'll have, I'll bring a drink with me. Right. But I don't go you up. You don't I go will, up drunk. I, won't, I will never go. You'll never see me in a comedy club getting a drink before I go on stage. It just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, I take that back. Like if Rogan does a shot before we all go on stage, yeah. I do a shot with him. Camaraderie. Yeah, but I, but I'm not. I don't. I like to be uh, on it. On it. And know what I'm saying. Feel it. Yeah. I like to feel it. Like, I mean, like with the littler shows, maybe you're not. You know, there's no not no any nerves or anything like that. But like when it get is that a real gun? Yeah. Oh, sick. So the um, but for like a big show, if there's some nerves, I like feeling that. Like, yeah. I want to know too. I'm in it. You know. Yeah. What um what was uh. Were your parents big drinkers? No, my dad didn't drink at all, and my mom, yes. 
For, my mom's Scottish, man. It was like part of the culture. Brothers and sisters? Uh, little brother. How old? Uh, he's now he's 30, five years younger than me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so wait, so get back to when did you get into comedy? Like, I went to was... school at UC Santa Barbara. I know. I you came realize, out here to go to school. You realize there could be a game show called What I Don't Know About Andrew? It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot. Did you were you cognizant when you started to kind of keep your life apart? Honestly, my approach was like, why the fuck am I so interesting that like people that don't know me should just sit there and let me talk to them about my life? Like I, I just never I thought that in a I thought you need to earn that. You know, like I'll tell you what, that's not that's not a bad that's not a bad insight because when I was younger and I did specials, I I think I think you do a lot of writing yeah. where you're learning to write and then you find your voice. And then for some of us, your voice, you know, finds you quicker. And for me, I didn't, I, it took me getting older to go, I'm going to talk about just me. I yeah. don't really like, but that's why people love you, right? They, they, they love you for who you are and you open yourself up to them and you're very like vulnerable and they can latch on to that. Right. And there's like this authentic person that they're listening to or like watching. Right. And, but your fans are coming out to see you, you know, which is what we all want in our career, right? Yeah. But I think for like the brand new comic that goes up at the it's, show, it's really hard for him to go out and talk about himself. You're right. You know, my, my I was at the dentist, and then whatever. Like even when when most people are doing like family related humor, usually the family related humor has to do with like their culture and people who share that culture relate to that, mm -hmm. right? Not yeah. just like you got to be at a different level where you are talking about taking your daughter to school that's a different level you know of fame so bro funny as you said this i went one of the big slams uh gay comics get is that they just talk about being gay or what it's like to be gay when they're young right and then a lot of times when you see a gay comic who's just doing stand-up who's just being funny a lot of us will go and I'm, I'm i'm not saying let me just put it my when i was young when i was starting when you saw a gay comic that you didn't even know was gay and then yeah. at the end you're like he didn't even talk about being gay. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's like a comic. And then, and, and then now you look at it and you're like, like there's some gay comics. I was like, I wish they'd start talking about being yeah. gay. I feel like they don't talk about it at all. Dude, imagine how fucking much that sucks. That like the hardest thing in your life, I imagine as a gay dude is coming out, right? The, the, it's the moment you come out, you got to do that over and over again every time you go on stage. Like if for, like for me that that's why I always assume that there's like the super flamboyant gays. Mm -hmm. That's their version of coming out without saying it. It's like if I'm in fucking pink shorts and rollerblades, you know I'm gay, so I don't have to go, "Hey, I'm gay." But a guy like like for example, a guy like Tim Dillon that you would never assume is gay, <laughs> hilarious comic. He's got to let everyone know he's gay, and then when he says it, they're like, "Man, come on." Yeah. He's like, "No, no, seriously, I'm gay. I like yeah. sucking dicks." He says it like that. Yeah. And you're like, are you what's going on here? The first time you did Rogan, I think me and a couple people texted like, should any of us text Joe and let him know he's gay? <laughs> like not that Joe would Joe's not that kind of like hateful guy and he would never say anything. <laughs> right. But it is an interesting sidebar to know of Tim when you meet him. You're like, yeah. well, you, shut up. Like yeah. I remember I remember being a little heartbroken when I found out he was gay. <laughs> like not that it matters. Like I don't go out and chase tail. Yeah. I don't I all I like I was like, oh, like I don't know what I was. More upset that he didn't drink or that he was gay. Like I was like, I was like, come on, there's got to be something. But now I and then I, we, me, him, and Bobby Kelly went and smoked a cigar 
that night. Yeah. And I had a blast with him. Yeah, he's and great. It was guy. like really an eye opening time where you're like, yeah, why am I not friends with more game? Like, yeah, I don't, there's just not a lot of them. There's not, I mean, there's not, there's don't not get my, a lot wife, of them don't get my like, wife started on this. On what? Well, you're in LA. Maybe it's different. No, well, no. My wife, my wife has a, a, a bee in her bonnet about how many people are learning, learning disabled versus how many people are like transgendered and gay. Yeah. She's like 25%, like, cause our daughters, obviously, you know, whatever hill you find to die on, yeah. that's going to be your hill. Yeah. And our daughters learning disabled what like, she have? severely, um, school. What do you mean? Oh, what does she have? <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you said, where's she at? I said, school. She's in the what basement. She she, we chain her to the school, radiator. Bro. It's really bad. <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's dyslexic. Like, I mean, cripplingly dyslexic. Yeah. And my wife is, that's her thing that she deals with every day is of course. learning disabled children and just how many children are learning disabled. Yep. It's overwhelming. I'm, I guess when you see those numbers and then you, you, you go like compare and, and, the amount of lack of empathy that maybe that society shows for children that have a hard time learning and right. how our learning system, our schooling system is not set up yeah. for everyone. It's set up for, you know, the Asian majority. kids, I guess. And so <laughs> dude, Asian kids kill it. Do they, they're next level. Yeah. Like you, I, we went to a majority Korean school. Yeah. You know what they did after school? The moms would switch kids and have them do homework at other houses. So like, You'd pick up my kid, I pick up your kid, and we go home and do homework. It would take 30 minutes because my kid's not talking back to you. Your kid's not talking uh, back to me. And then they'd walk home. And that's how fucking genius. homework got done. Uh, to learn how to do math, they taught them all how to play the violin. Because apparently, math and the violin are hand in hand. So every Asian kid knew how to play the violin. Every Asian kid murdered math. I mean, they wow. were next fucking level. Yeah. And here we are with some white mouth breathers. Yeah. Can't play the violin and don't. And we're doing homework with them. I yeah. don't want to do homework. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. You see no, Santa Barbara? Crazy, you see Santa Barbara? It is a crazy, it is a crazy thing. Like their ability to just do any repetitive task. Like if it's a, if there's a repetitive task, Asians will be the best at it. Because they can sit there and just do the same thing over and over again longer than anyone else. Indians are probably second. They'll do it pretty close. But like <laughs> yeah. white and black kids, like we're going to be like, ah, I'm going to jerk off. But like an I Asian kid will just. I wonder if that's, that's nature versus nurture. Meaning like, meaning that nurture, our nurturing is, yeah. as white and black kids are pretty much primarily American. It's yeah. like American value system. Yeah. Rebel. Yeah. We, we are raised with rebellion. Right? Like, rebel, There's rebel, rebel. There's not a lot of rebellion in those cultures. I know. It's not at all. Because it's like, how dare you, like, affect the community? Like, I was in Japan. That and, looks so uh, much fun. What, Japan? Listen. Japan I, by the way, I've like, been to Japan. Okay. I didn't have as much fun as you had. Okay. First and of I all. And I drink. Let's, let's discuss Japan. Because one of the most fascinating places I've ever been to, also one of the most, like, sad places I've ever been to. And Very uh, little autonomy. Very little uh, self-expression. That's why you see Dog. groups of kids yeah. dressed in ridiculous fucking they just character need the outfits. Outlet. I need the outlet. Just any outlet, give it to me. It's it's like they have this crazy obsession. This is how the way I describe it. It's like Japanese and like Upper East Side Jews are the exact opposite people. 
like like Jap- by the way i'm so excited for this analogy you have no fucking okay, idea because you know how like everything about japanese culture is don't uh make anyone else uncomfortable <laughs> by, by any means do not embarrass anybody don't inconvenience any whatever you do do not inconvenience a single soul right and yes. you know like upper east side jewish culture is like it's cold. Why <laughs> turn the heat up? What? Why is this so toasted? It's constant. Like, what can I do in this moment for oh. me to feel me to feel more comfortable? Yeah. And I so I, I the first thing I did when I got back, I hit my boy Dove, and I was like, Dove Dude, Davidoff? No, no, Dove Man, Dove Mammon. Uh, <laughs> like, how many doves? Went to college. Are there? Only a couple doves. And I <laughs> asked him, I because he travels a lot, does a lot of stuff. And uh, I go, Dude, I was just in Japan. Like, what's your take in Japan? And he goes. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> These oh. people. <laughs> Dude, I went from Japan directly to Vietnam night and fucking day. Yes. My my analogy was if Japan, uh, if you're walking around Japan, everyone has their hands to themselves. And in Vietnam, everyone's trying to put their fingers in your mouth. Yes. You're literally like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like. I do a and a very racist probably I'm sure is what it'll be called when I put it on my special uh, impression <laughs> of an uh, Asian woman, not as bad at maybe worse than Chappelle's, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um and it is a direct conversation I had with a Vietnamese Vietnamese woman in Vietnam, like it is exactly what she said to me. And what I was, was she? I don't she, want to give you to give oh, away no, your uh, bit. You waste my time. You yeah. buy now. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. yelled at me and I like. I just walked in. I was like, "Ooh, this is nice. You buy now, buy now." And yeah, I was like, yeah. "No, I'm not gonna. Hang on, I'm gonna look around. No, you waste my time. Leave now." <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay, yeah." Um, but yeah, I don't know how. To be fair, Americans did waste a lot of their time in a war <laughs> that took far too long. <laughs> Wait, <too long. laughs> so I get the leave now. <laughs> um, I'm friends with. Why I love making things about me. I don't. I wish I could do less of that. That's what we with, do, baby. Do it. I'm friends with one of the most famous Vietnamese. Uh, uh, people from that war, uh, a friend, she wrote the book When Heaven and Earth Changed Places, which is a hu- huge movie by Oliver Stone. Okay. And uh, like probably the most, one of the more recognizable Vietnamese people, super famous in Vietnam. And so uh, th- once again, I just made it about me. There's no fucking tag along that story. That's one thing I changed if I could change about me. You see Santa Barbara? Yeah, you see Santa Barbara. How did you go from fucking New York to there? Okay, I randomly grew up surfing in New York City. You surf? Yeah. Shut up. Well, I used to surf way more. By the way, it's one of my dreams to surf that like uh, surf ranch, the Kelly Slater one. Do you know Kelly Slater at all? I do not know Kelly Slater. Hook, damn, but man. We need to hook on, up hold with on Kelly, one man. Yeah. We just need to reach out to Joe and get Joe's. Kelly, I th- Kelly knows Joe. Dude, we got to talk to Joe. And Kelly knows about Sober October, and we were going to do surfing for Sober October, but we we did just. Have you guys decided what you're doing? Not really. Okay. Segura's in. I mean, I don't know when this will air, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have kind of. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Segura's in Europe all of most of October. Joe, I'm on the road, so it's like we yeah. we couldn't do surfing. Um, we may do a I I I would like to do a another sober October like six months away from October, like do one in the summer and do surfing. Yeah. But Kelly Slater reached out when we were talking about it to Joe. I saw it on Joe's page. I was like, wait, are we not doing surfing anymore? And so, but I would love to do that. Dude, surf if rant. you guys go, I gotta go. That's like a dream of mine. There's a there's another one that this uh, Mark Akalupo guy he's Australian Aki? you know Aki oh, okay yeah yeah dude. yeah you know surfing yeah very I like I, when when we were all gonna do the surfing challenge yeah. there was like I grew up surfing but I didn't I sucked I was really right. bad and so I would 
basically be starting and especially at my size now yeah yeah for me to surf now i've tried yeah when uh, we did travel channel and i could never get up because it was just like it's too fucking heavy yeah yeah and so when we were talking about doing the surfing challenge i was like yeah we could i could basically start from scratch with them and be at this, an even playing field dude that'd be great but yeah i, I knew i know a lot about surfing i know a so great Aki's deal got a surf like resort in um australia that they're developing and it's I different just saw that. It's dude, a big with ball the that fucking donut down. dude yeah and it, it's so sick because it, you know for anybody who's listening kelly slater's one is a wave pool but there's this kind of central like train that that's on a track down, yeah and it just shoots down there's one wave that peels off of it and it's the best wave in the world and it's unbelievable mark arcalupo's is this giant circular lake and in the middle there's this kind of uh bobber if you will like yeah, a bobber a donut greatest. type thing and if and when it plunges into the water it sends a donut ring wave out and it there's like six different waves in the lake that you can yeah. surf so it's not like you're waiting on this line and next person next person you go to one peak i go to another peak and it's like dude i'm going to australia on tour and i hope that somebody reaches out and says hey do you want to come let's by? make that happen yo let's um, do it Aki, listen Aki, when, when's your australian tour uh uh 18th the 19th to the 29th september september yeah, yeah. we gotta put this out before then can we get made or at least then that'd be um, cool man yeah that's uh that's um my i mean i grew up in florida i grew up we grew up surfing in New Smyrna, which is the shark attack capital of the world. Oh shit! But we would go down to Cocoa Beach where Kelly Slater, Kelly, yeah, grew up, and and I'm his age, so I mean, I remember buying surfing magazines when it was him and his brother were like the two sun deck. I think it was a sun britches or sun deck. It was know. a pair of pants. They were like the models for sun britches, right? And uh, and I mean, he was like a legend to everyone in Florida. Oh yeah. And then he came out. He was in Baywatch. Do you remember that? Not really. He I was in early Baywatch. We tapped out. I think he banged Pamela Anderson. Oh, that was his girl for a yeah. minute. Yeah. We tapped out in college. We all followed surfing, but no yeah. one like, it was like, I don't know. And then when I moved to New York, I tapped out entirely. Yeah. But yeah, Kelly Slater is fucking, uh, you know who Legend. I just started following again was, uh, do you know Christian Fletcher? Yeah. Yeah. Christian Fletcher and his brother, Nathan. Yeah. I just started following them on Instagram. And he was in Bali at the same time I was in Bali. And I was like, did you reach out? I was about to. Yeah. So I'm like, but then I was like, I would have to be like, hey, man, I'm a comedian. And he'd be like, I don't really give a fuck. Because, you know, he's like, I don't really give a fuck. There's videos of him racing motorcycles through Bali, just running from the cops. Really? He still lives it. He's, he's like still, a badass. Still, he still yeah. lives it. He was the first person I saw get a tattoo. Good, Like, I never really had my head around tattoos. And he got a tattoo of, like, this octopus on his arm when, when I was, like, 13 or maybe 12. And I was like, back when you were like, dude, you can't get a tattoo. You'll ruin your body. What are your parents going to say? Yeah, like, yeah. And I remember seeing a tattoo on him and I was like, whoa, can I tell you who I'm obsessed with? Who? Brad Gerlach. I don't know that. Brad Gerlach's a little older than you. I think he like kind of tapped out, but he would be a great guy. There was another There was a, another set of brothers that were from the East Coast of Corey Lopez and- I'm, I surfed with Corey Lopez. And his brother, Shane, Shane Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. I, sur I surfed with Corey Lopez in New, in New Smyrna yeah. with this guy, Tupac. We went surfing on these electric surfboards. Sick. He was from. He was from. If I'm not mistaken, I think Corey Lopez was from Indian Rocks Beach. But it was east. It was uh, sorry, West Coast Florida. West Coast Florida. Yeah, yeah. Indian Rocks. He grew yeah. up surfing. In, dude, I never in a million years thought we'd have this conversation. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm. I like when when we were kids. If you had a Channel Island surfboard, yeah, you were like next it was level. al merrick and then all of a sudden lost came out like i had a i remember when lost, lost showed up. Growing i remember up, when lost showed up and they would do those sick videos so and do it, you have do you wakeboard at all no 
You, you would love wakeboarding. I've done it a little bit. It was cool, you know, and um, I just love surfing, man. There was just something so relaxing about surfing. It was like meditative for me, but also there was a performance aspect. So like it tapped into a bunch of these things that ended up being my comedy joy. Like, yeah. The, the, for, all right. So here are the parallels I'll make between like surfing and comedy. It's like when you're surfing, there's a singular focus, right? You don't have time to think about other shit. You're like in survival mode, but you're also like, how do I get up on this wave? It's a, you can't be distracted while you're surfing a wave, mm -hmm. right? It's And just like being on stage, it's very hard to just be distracted. It's like you're locked in, you're plugged in, right? Yeah. And every wave is different, right? So just like every crowd is different. So it's a very hard thing to master because you might want to try to do an air on this wave or you might want to try to get barreled, but the wave might not present itself with that opportunity. Just like a crowd, you might want to just, oh, I'm just going to go kill with this joke. But the crowd's like, I don't really feel like giving you any energy on that joke. So it's this, it's this like unmasterable art form that like constantly creates new problems. And it's just such a, such a great challenge. I think that's why I love them both. Uh, that's a, that's a great analogy for, especially for anyone who's surfed. Yeah. And the limited amount of surfing I've done, and, and I say limited just to pay out of respect for anyone who really surfs like Moshe, legit surfs all right, the time. Right. Um, I've met, I've definitely felt like I've been pumping, trying to get a wave to just build up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, but on. I just won't give it to you. I mean, yeah. it's just, anyway. It's a great analogy. And it's especially, I think there's so many people that force it. Yeah. And you've seen so many people in the lineup force it where they're like, big wave, and then they just go, end over ass over yeah. tea kettle and you're like no that's the majority of you guys that come out and go give yourselves a round of applause for coming out yeah you guys yeah. having a good time yeah. keep it going for your host yeah, yeah. you guys we're all the lot of beautiful women yeah. give yourself a yeah. round of applause for beautiful. it's fucking it's a great analogy yeah. so did you surf out here so i came out to go to school here i brought a couple surfboards and i surfed two times the entire time i was in really in santa barbara yeah i just never got into it out here for whatever reason and um but I got into stand-up out here. I was managing a restaurant. They had a comedy night, and they asked me if I wanted to try it. And it was my super senior year, my fifth year. And um, we call that our junior senior year. Keep that, going. You went junior I was senior in six and a half years. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, you did. You did some time. Oh yeah. yeah. I did a year abroad. Like I took a year off and lived in Barcelona and just kind of like worked in an ad agency and shit. So like there was a little gap for me. But uh, but yeah. So I came back and I just started doing some stand-up and then. And it was funny, all these guys that you see blowing up now um, used to come by this this place up in Santa Barbara. Like Sebastian would come up, you know. I remember really? seeing Tig early on. I remember seeing all these guys that really ended up, you know, doing it. And um, so I started there for like a month, and then I moved back to New York, and I just got into the New York scene. And really? And so how, how quick did you guys – because all you guys started on Guy Code, right? So I well, – you, you, Did you do Guy Code or Nick's thing? No, no, I did Guy Code. Yeah. So like Guy Code – for me, like when I was looking at the game, even back in the day, I was like, all right, I want to get into the clubs because if I'm in the clubs, I can get better at stand up. I just wanted to be better at stand up. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at the people who are performing in the clubs and I look at the lineups and they were all on that show VH1's best week ever. Remember that? Or like, yeah. I love the 90s or some shit. I just mentioned Best Week Ever to my wife yeah. in the car the other day. Yeah. She goes, I have no idea what the fuck that is. So it was this show that was just weekly that had comics on. And then because comics were on there, they they were able to like populate the clubs and people want to see them. Right. So I was like, I need to get a weekly show. So I just started like, 
don't know. I just put that out there and that was my focus. And then Guy Code came out. And uh, I know somebody asked me to audition for it. I forget exactly. Uh, Lauren Zins over at MTV, she asked me to audition for it. And um, I got on that and that kind of became popular. And, and that was you, Donnell? Was Donnell me, on it? Donnell, Charlemagne, Lil Duval, uh, Pete Davidson, Chris Christi, Stefano. Chris uh, I mean, I think Nicole Byer, uh, Jessime. I mean, like so many Carly Aquilino, like, dude, so many people that are popular or doing well right now. Damian Lemon, like all these people came out of that show. It was pretty insane. I remember seeing it and it didn't connect with me because I was older. For sure. And so, but I knew Donnell real well. And I was like, oh, and I watched it a couple of times and I was like, I was like, okay, okay, I get this. And then I was like, I wish they did one of these. I remember me and this, my buddy, uh, Dan Adler. Was a, we were like, we wish we did one of these for married men. Yeah. Like a married guy, like a married version would yeah. be like, uh, like for all the shit that we f- were thinking at the time. But that, and then, and then all of a sudden, all you guys showed up on my radar immediately at the same time. Right, right. I mean, to this day, Chris Stefano makes me laugh so harder than funny, any bro. fucking one he's, human being. He's so funny, dude. He's and great. and I remember getting introduced to Giannis uh, through that whole group. It was almost like, Salvo Chris Cano and introduced Giannis, me to everyone. Yeah, Chris and Giannis got a great podcast called History Hyenas. It's so funny. And uh, Giannis got a new special out now. That that, you you help me. Yeah, right? yeah, I, yeah. I uh, I shot it for him, you know, and I just I just wanted to, uh, I don't know. I was in a good situation. I feel like if you're in a good situation, you should help the people around you that deserve it. And he definitely deserved it. So now he's putting out the clips and, you know, going through that. So, and so then let's talk about your, because uh, I think this is, Probably the thing comics talk about the most is the way you look at the business. Yeah. The way you approach the business. I would like to get, I would like to hear why you approached it the way you did. Yeah. Cause I know, I, I feel like I, I feel kin to you in this in that I took a different approach to the business yeah. at a certain point, but for me, it was out of frustration. Yeah. For me, it was out of like zero opportunity. You know, it's like, it's like you don't become a boxer unless you have nothing else you can do type of thing right like like nobody's got a job playing basketball and they're like i want a box now right like you if you get punched in the face for a living it's because that's the only fucking option you have (laughs) i think brendan shaw was the one that kind of like put that out there in the world for me he was like yeah it's like these guys these guys aren't the best athletes in the world they're the best athletes willing to get punched in their face (laughs) right and there's a big distinction between that shit that's the fucking truth they're the best athletes that are willing to get their fucking heads kicked right so for me, I just had no other option. Like no other, no networks were giving me any play. Like I had all this so success get, on get TV. Me the, get me to the point. Like get, I want to know. Like you do guy put some years. I on had it. tons like, you do of guy success. Code. Okay, guy code. I got an MTV deal. I got two of my own shows that I'm hosting on MTV. I'm doing all these shows. I'm like the guy. I was hosting Spring Break. I was like the guy dream, at MTV. It's, a dream gig. it's awesome, right? Dream gig. My approach the entire Are you time happy at the time. Yeah, it was cool. Like okay. my approach the entire time was like, as long as I'm in front of people. I can bring them over to, to Twitter, whatever the fuck was the social media thing at that time. Mm-hmm. And then once I have a way to access them, I can go sell tickets on the road. Everything was about doing the road. Like yeah. I didn't care about like being in movies or any of this kind of shit. I would do a sitcom just so I had. But uh, so I had all this, you know, success in TV. I had the sitcoms, Benders, and like I did a couple like small things in movies. But the stand up industry never let me in at all. And I'm doing all this just so I could do stand up. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And they just refused. When you say stand-up industry, do you say you mean Comedy Central? Do you mean the clubs? Do you Comedy mean the- Central. The clubs were always fine because the clubs just cared about if you sold tickets or if you could be funny. 
Are you talking now? You're talking about road clubs, not uh, not New York clubs. New, New York, York clubs. You worked at New York clubs, road clubs. I was getting in pretty easy. Okay. Uh, road clubs. I got to give credit to my my agent, TJ Mark Walter. He started getting me in, but Ooh. it was one of those things where it's like, if you can kill, there there are not that many people that can kill. And if you can, and I'm talking about really kill. Yeah, I'm yeah, not talking yeah. about like what people think is killing. There's two. There's two different. There's two different versions of killing. Yeah. In my in in my perception now, right? Like I remember road killing, like and road killing is a muscle that not everyone has. Right. So like what I do now is different than what I did on the road. When I do, what I do now is a little more structured because it's in a theater. Right. But man, there is a there are a few people that can go in like a wave, read the room, give you jokes that they've re pre written, but make you feel like you're catching it in the moment, mm -hmm. and it's a real man. You see someone do it right, like Dave Attell, or like, and you're just Doug Stanhope. You're in the back, doubled the fuck yeah. over. You can you can you can you can you destroy the point where like it's hard for the wait staff to serve drinks. Where you see wait waiters and waitresses stop what they're doing, laughing. breathing, and, and it's going, like yeah. that. It's a different level. So it's like that. If you could do that, you're going to be up in the clubs. So yeah. I got up in the clubs in new york pretty easy and i was doing the road and once i was given the opportunity to get into the road i was good i was never like an industry darling if you will i was never one of these guys i was never one of those either top 10 comics to watch out of montreal nobody doing um, well is is it was who's one never of done comedy yeah but uh, someone who's they're oh, wrong yeah. every time yeah like if you look at the guys that right now those of us that are like selling out theaters and shit none of us were that none of us literally none of us were on a list exactly rogan rogan Rogan, I mean, just to put it in perspective, wasn't on the top 10 earning comedians, wasn't on the top 10 most influential comedians, wasn't it? I mean, they wrote an article about Conan. But you know what that is, right? Podcasting. That's old media trying to like uh, get some real estate in new media, right? That's like, so Variety wrote this article like Conan O'Brien and the other people leading the I podcast love Conan, re by the way. revolution. No, nice guy. But what that is is old media going, oh shit, we were late to this podcasting game. How can we make the world think that we are the ones that run podcasting? Because that's their yeah. value, right? Yeah. Like they have no value. The Hollywood thing is smoke and mirrors. It's like I was talking to a buddy of mine today who's kind of like in this Hollywood thing, and I was saying I was going to go to do uh, somebody's shit. I was going to go to do someone's podcast, not yours or someone else. And he goes, he goes, oh, you're doing that guy's podcast. I'm like, you don't get it. Like it's not. It's not like the hip person that you put in a in a room. Like your value now is based on, excuse me, your your following the people that you have. We all have the our cults, mm -hmm. and those cults matter. It doesn't matter what the execs think. Uh -uh. Like their opinions mean nothing anymore. Nothing. They're no different than like you know people who who are like stock traders. Yeah. Right. A stock trader doesn't trade the company he thinks is cutest. Right. It's like this company is gonna kill it. Let's trade it. The person who's making the top 10 comics to watch, their podcast has no listeners. Yes. I mean, that's the, the, the fundamentals of what has happened. The darling, the industry darlings. Right. Yeah. The darlings. Yeah. Their podcast, and they have them because someone, their agent told them, you need a podcast. That's how you get a, a, house, a second house. Look at all these guys killing it. Get a podcast, man. Get it monetized. Yeah. They don't know any of the fucking, yeah. any of it. Their podcast has no one on it. And they're hitting me up going, hey, man, can I get on your podcast? That's the thing. It's like, you shouldn't even need to ask. Like, I, I, yeah, I really 
believe it. Like that's the greatest advice that I can give to people is like, don't ask to be on a single podcast. Mm. You'll be asked when yeah. the time is right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I've never asked. I've never asked Rogan. Never I didn't ask asked. you. I've never asked. It's just, it's as simple as like, you'll be doing enough and then people will notice that you're doing it and they'll go, I'd love to bring you on my podcast because I either want to give you more exposure because you're being true to the game and you're good for comedy or I'm a personal fan of you yep. or you're bringing so much value. I want my fans to see this value that you're bringing. It's, it's interesting because... People swear they're going to make it off of like... They, they think they're going to make it just because of one podcast or like one clip. Like what I, what I try to explain to them, like my whole philosophy is like, if you go viral, but you got nothing else for them to watch, you didn't go viral. Wow. Jim Jeffrey sat there a few days ago. Yeah. Saying practically the same thing. It's because it, it's he went viral off of getting punched in the head of the comedy store. But what everyone forgets is he had a wealth of material online that you could find. Bill Burr went viral because of the Philly rant, but he had a wealth of material you could find. I went, Rogan went viral off the Carlos Mencia clip, but there was a wealth of material you could find. I went viral off the machine story, but there was a wealth of material. What That is imperative. If you want to go viral, first, put out a bunch of good shit. Put out a bunch of good shit and put out, when I say a bunch, I mean, you need to have a, at least... 250 videos on the YouTube that you didn't put up that other people put up. Like it's, it's insane to me. They, they, they just want the shortcuts to the game, man. They want shortcuts to, you know, success. But the reality of the matter is like, that's how I've been thinking about it. I'm putting it out constantly. And you know what I mean? This one clip that I put out, it might not do well this week, but oh. they might catch it oh. a year from now. God damn it. Let me tell you something. You know what I said to, I said to Skr the other day, he goes, what, what, what were you going to do if that dancing video didn't do well? Yeah. I go, it didn't, it wouldn't do well. I'll just do another video next week. Like, it's, that's the point okay. is that you can't go. We're in the content game. And this is, we're in a content game. Content wins. Yeah. I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Right now it is September, what, 2nd or some Second, shit? Yeah. It's September 3rd. Okay. Right now it's September 3rd. By the time this episode comes out, and this is crazy to say, but by the time this episode comes out, nobody will be talking about Chappelle special anymore. Now, yeah. this is crazy to say because right now all of us have just watched this amazingly beautiful, poignant piece of work, Yeah, right? And we're like, this is it. Comedy is back. All this kind of stuff. If we forgot about what happened last week. Epstein oh, yeah, killed himself. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they released one chicken sandwich, and we don't give a fuck about Epstein being murdered in the prison, right? They released the fucking chicken sandwich, and everyone forgets we about forgot Epstein's it. murder. We forgot it, right? Something will happen, and this thing is gone. The game is not won by big splashes anymore. The game is won by relentless content over. Yeah. Do you remember when 50 Cent and Rick Ross were beefing? Yeah. And 50 kept coming at Rick, and Rick didn't say shit, just kept putting out banger banger yeah banger rick won that beef just by putting out hit after hit after hit so if the dancing video doesn't work it doesn't matter it goes to oblivion yeah put in another one the next thing might work but if you're consistently putting shit out you're consistently in people's eyes and ears you can actually make moves in this business it's it is you know that i mean not to share people's business model sure you know, and and I, but and I, but I don't think this is any secret. Joe, I remember Joe saying to me, "Double down on this fucking podcast. Yeah, put out more. Do two a week. 
do put out more podcasts and you start and, and he's like you know this is the the podcasting for me has been a game changer oh for sure and and but putting out two bears one cave my cooking show it's my great. podcast great i do i put out the something's burning audio i put out instagram stories three times a week yeah. I, or inst, I do t non-stop insta stories oh you're in there you're in their eyes man and, it, in and their i think ears. i think it's it's you know i thought about it the other day i was like i think there's people who have blown up on it, it, like not not huge but have blown up subtly because just because they are in pictures that are taken at the comedy store like like every day every time you see a picture they're always like in on one of those pictures everyone's yeah. like oh i gotta check that guy out like yeah it's so crazy but you have to have someone to check out to me it's like Blowing up is no different than a balloon, right? It's like little breaths, little breaths, little breaths, little breaths, little breaths. And then there's one breath that just pops a balloon. Mm -hmm. But it's not the one breath that pops it. It's the thousand breaths that even got it to that point. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like that, that for me, that I think is, is, is the lesson learned. Like that's why, like with the last special that I put out, right? That's why Which I can- Which one? Crowd work? The crowd work one, yeah. right? And it's like, that's why I can put that out is because like- I've built up. That's why I can put that out and it be that long. Like I put a 35 minute piece out and people were happy it was 35 minutes because I built the tolerance up. Like people who go, I want an hour special. And it's like, people don't want to talk to you for five minutes. Yeah. You have to earn their respect. Mm -hmm. Like you have to earn their time. Like if you're a brand new person to them, put out clips. And then once you earn their time, put out 15. But there's something that you've done that, that, uh, that, that has not happened to everyone where it's you've put out clips and people have attached to you. I'm, I'm Wait, speaking about other yeah. friends and I've talked to them, them about this. And I think yeah. where it's the disconnect, like say like Mark Norman, great friend of mine. Yeah. Um, great friend of yours too. Mark's we're all cool with Mark, but I'm saying like one of Mark's hiccups is he's putting out content, but and it's getting a million views, but right. no one's following them on Instagram through it. Yeah. And 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 you circumnavigated that somehow and made your content personal. Yeah. Whereas in you you created a pirate ship within your content yeah. that people gravitated towards and yeah. fell in love with you in that in the in the it's 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 insane because yeah. I, I, I often look at comics like I'll, I'll scroll on yeah. Instagram sometimes and I'll just go, yeah, but why you? Like, not being a dick, but I go, but, like a very, like a, I saw a comedian the other day who was like a slow-talking black comedian and I was like, I've already seen someone do that and I just flicked yeah. it and I was like, so what do you think it is? Um, it's, it's more than the joke. You know, I think that it's, the joke has, has to be an extension of you you know when i'm telling a joke i feel a way about this and i might not tell you about a story about when i was a kid but i'm in every one of my bits there's there's does that, that make sense like you know it, who the i know fuck it makes sense I to me am. i don't think i don't think you understand what you said right it makes sense to me and i'll explain i'll yeah. explain to you how i perceive it yeah in your crowd work special right you talk about things where I realized that in the fact that you're talking about, Halston and I just had this conversation about you walking to get coffee. Right. We go, wow, man, there's a lot more to this guy than than he's letting on. Yeah. His knowledge about Indian culture, his yeah. knowledge about certain things, <clears throat> immediately 
and I don't think you're doing it purposefully. I think you're just being who you are. Right. But it paints a much broader picture of you in that I go, this is more of a global dude in that he's got black friends, Indian friends, Jamaican. He knows right. he's listened a lot more than he's talked. Right. There, I, I, I don't think I, this goes without saying, but like you go, he really doesn't see, he's not racist. He's calling shit as he calls it. But you're not saying that out loud. Where a lot of comics go, I'm not racist. I got a black friend. You're just explaining via a conversation with a black guy that you know as much about his culture as he does. Don't tell show. That's what I've always, you know, tried to live by. You know, Little Duval really articulated that beautiful to me. But like, don't to me. get me started on Little Duval. Oh, I love Duval, man. Duval. That's that's my OG. He's got. He's uh, he's genius. Go it, check out. I'm Lil living Duval. my life. I'm living oh, my best life, dude. He's he's on a different level with everything. But like. The uh, so for me, like, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna like say what's in the sausage, if you will, okay, I guess the difference I would say is like I'm addressing things that I think culture needs to be addressed. So I'm I'm saying the things I think people are feeling, but they don't know how to articulate. And I feel like if I have a competitive advantage in this business, it might be I can notice those things before most people, and I can produce the content before as well because i'm putting it myself you know what i mean like so even with like even with my last special views from the sis right you know and it, and it did millions of views and all this stuff but like i touched on a lot of the things you see dave touching on on sticks and stones right and it's that's not that dave didn't have these thoughts but dave still has to film a special in a theater and you know edited. it has to be edited and netflix has to put it out whereas like i'm on tour in europe i've finished the tour i'm in with my editors and then we got this thing out immediately right yeah. and it's like so i was able to like i was able to really double up my audience obviously thanks to rogan and thanks to all these guys who supported simply because i touched on like a cultural code that, that needed to be touched on mm -hmm. so so with this special the reason i did the crowd work one is because i don't subscribe to this idea that we don't have a sense of humor Right. Everybody's like, oh, people can't laugh. And, you know, comedy's dead and this, that, the other. I got the most diverse audience in comedy. Right. You, you, you definitely do. Hands down. So what I did is I do a crowd work special where I'm making fun of the black guy, the Indian guy, the white girl, the, you know, the, the Korean. Everybody's getting it. All the different races are getting it. Right. And you see them laughing at themselves. <laughs> yeah. So you can't, one, you're never going to see backlash about my special because you can't be offended on behalf of the person who's laughing. Yeah. Like the biggest issue I think with a lot of specials is you'll see a comic, you know, make a joke about, you know, Asians or this, that, the other, and you see no Asian representation laughing at the bit. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think you should do cutaways to that one Asian person in the audience laughing at your bit. That being said, if you're doing crowd work, you are talking to that guy. You're getting, you're getting, but God damn it, I had a great thought. You're getting audiences that we got on the road, very diverse audiences, but we got them in a papered room. You're getting them to buy tickets, which is that's it. It's, because it's bizarre. But you, I'm talking like the demographics. Yeah, but because my demo isn't based on identity, right? Like I think so many comics build their, and so many people in general build their audiences based on identity. It's like I'm the Indian guy or I'm the Persian guy, whatever it is, right? It's like yeah, yeah. that's never been my thing. Like because I've never built it like that. I've built it on flagrancy, right? I built it on I'm going to say the fucked up jokes and have the fucked up takes. Yeah. I'm going to say that animals should die. I'm going to say global warming's good. <laughs> yeah, and the reality is it, it this this is gonna seem wild but like that's the only humor that lasts like people people don't realize this but like 
you know street jokes that have been around for 300 years oh, yeah. uh, you know a priest a rabbi and a yeah. whatever the muslim one goes um, imam go into a bar or whatever mm-hmm. um all those jokes circulate around three punch or four punchlines right it's homophobia uh you know anti you know semitism or religion um racism uh, pedophilia mm-hmm. like l- the worst scariest things are the punchlines of every single one of those jokes. And it's because jokes should deal with the worst and scariest things. Yep. That's why we have humor. This like shit where you like make jokes about shit that everybody already agrees about, that comedy doesn't exist. That dies. Yeah. You will be forgotten. If oh, yeah. you're a comic and everything is, hey, women should be in power, shouldn't they? And all the crowd go, yes, they should. You, you, no one will remember you in 10 years. Well, I think I, I, I saw some of that happening in New York when I was in New York. And what I, what I noticed... <clears throat> Is that the um, the amount of words they were using to get somewhere were so many because they were had to state their viewpoints first oh, God. that it was like that you were losing me as an audience member, not as a politically you weren't losing me, you yeah. were keeping me on board. But I would just rather hear the joke and know, <clears throat> and and that's what you do is you're telling the joke, but you're not you're not going like, hey man, I I got an Indian friend, and that's how I know this information you're about to get. We're actually really close, and I've, I've I've had dinner with his families, and uh, and no, hey, what kind of fucking Indian are you? Yeah, it's, Seek? Oh, you got the bracelet. Boom. Yeah. Oh, the We're bracelet. Right into and, it. And, and all of a sudden, you're talking about this. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there interested. Well, that's the thing about, at least for me, is that like if I make fun of you, I know about you, right? And I think yeah. that if you talk to minorities, they're totally fine with you cracking jokes. Everybody cracks jokes. They just don't need the same hacky shit that they've dealt with their whole lives. So if you're looking at a sick That's, oh, Indian whoa, whoa, dude, whoa, 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 stop right there. Yeah. So I saw a, I saw a fucking interview. Yeah. That is, that may be the, the the fucking the source code in all of this. If you know something about people, like I'm making fun of these Nigerians to their face, but I know a couple cultures and I, all it was is the littlest thing for them to be like. Oh shit! He he actually has he knows. like yeah he's taking interest in our culture. All right, shit, go for it. Make fun, do whatever yeah. you want. It's like you just have to know the tiniest little thing. The littlest thing. I used to say Filipinos all have the most American names, and I go, "What's your name, 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 ma'am?" And I mean, without fail, Mary. And it was just, but like if you knew a little bit, you were given a, a big go birth. as far as you want. Go as far as you want. You if you have extended the olive branch by even taking an interest in my culture. You know, and it's it's that simple. If you're talking about Filipinos like they're Chinese people, they're like, why would I reward this? Yeah. I can't reward that. Why would I reward this? The the interview I saw was about Chappelle. It was a it was from a a trans a trans it was a guy who was yeah. a fan of Chappelle's from yeah. Young Turks and uh and this transgendered um lady. Yeah. I think I don't know if I always fuck it up. It's uh she was a man, she's a woman now whatever tranny that's what i call it so yeah so she was saying which was really interesting she was like you could see the guy say this and get nervous that he said it and i'm 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 remembering in my right but he was like he's like there's got to be something funny about being transgendered like the predicament yeah but and then i could see that he felt like he was taking Chappelle's stance and then she says oh no there is a lot of comedy in what has happened to me like there is a lot of comedy in that she goes i just didn't find that certain take original i've heard that before and so i'd hope from Chappelle that it would be something different and yeah. i went and i went that's interesting is i didn't 
techni- technically. I mean, I'm, I, I find Chappelle brilliant. I find that whole special great. Yeah. But that, that I definitely, the, I, what if I was Chinese? Am I identified black? I was like, I don't, I didn't find that hysterical. I mean, the special in general, I didn't really laugh that much. Yeah. I, I just thought it was genius. Yeah. Like, do you remember Carlin's late specials? No, I was never. I, I, I wasn't was a never, big Carlin fan, but like, fan. but 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 I know that's sacrilege. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's not. But like Carlin's later specials would be filled with these genius points about yeah. culture and the world, yeah. and he earned that equity and patience in his crowd. And I think that Chappelle is the greatest orator of our generation. He's the greatest storyteller yeah, of our generation. 100%. But but if if you're watching that, going, how many times did I bend over laughing? Yeah. You're not gonna. It, it it to me, I, it's not delirious. It's, I, it's not killing him softly. Like there were things. From I didn't Chappelle. like killing him softly. I liked his, oh. his the not the you like the San the, Francisco one. Not the no, not the Birdman special, but the one before that, like hmm. the not the Bird Revelations. Right, right. But the one, the kicker in the pussy joke, had me do- doubled over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicker in the pussy was like I was like that is that is what this guy. Yeah. That is fu- I'm so dope. I write punchlines and put them in a bowl. No, dude, he's he's genius and the casing for his bits is genius. There's no question. I listen to him. I love listening to him. Exactly. And that's the thing. So it's like I think what this special is, the reaction of the special is more seeing someone at the top of the business, right? Seeing someone at the very top of the business address everyone's feelings about political correctness yeah. and cancel culture. Yeah. And I think they're the incredibly positive reaction to it was seeing that address more so than I laughed so hard. I couldn't even fucking breathe. Like yeah. if you watch Patrice O'Neill's elephant in the room, you're going to laugh more Dude. than Chappelle's than this Chappelle special. But that doesn't mean that this Chappelle special wasn't more poignant or intriguing. It was, or, it was neat, neat to say, see him lean onto the sword for us as comics and go, right. And go, Hey guys, just so you know, None of us are getting in trouble anymore. That's it. Like that was really brilliant for him to say. Yeah. Because when you just say, "I don't believe them motherfuckers about Michael Jackson's yeah. accusers," you're yeah. like, "Well, man, you you cannot you're not supposed to say that at all." Yeah. And he said it. Yeah. And then he said, "Well, what were they wearing?" I'm what they call a victim blamer. You know what? I thought he was gonna go uh, a different way with that bit, which I thought would be like so easily relatable. Which is like every parent is a victim blamer. Like yeah. your kid comes home bleeding. You're like, what did you do? Right? Like, oh, anything- not, not, never once have my daughters ever been innocent. They've never come home like, right? So I got suspended because my teacher's a lunatic. What'd you like, do? That's not what fucking right? happened. So it's like, I, I, I thought he was going to go with, <laughs> with victim blaming in that regard because as a parent, the first option is, is victim blaming your kids. And then as a parent, how could you not relate to that statement? Oh, Isla, we got a call one time. Isla's my youngest, right? The right. One that's dyslexic, really dyslexic. Right. How does she spell her name? Not right. <laughs> so you gave her the trickiest fucking name. She, this fucking idiot wrote on her PE jersey, Isla K, but put all the letters too close and was marked tardy, absent for the entire semester because the teacher thought her name was Ilac. <laughs> and so, and so um, she... We got a phone. That's a really interesting statement. Cause we got a phone call one day. We were looking at houses, me and Leanne, and um, we got a call from the school. And they're like, there's been an incident at the school. Yeah. And we're like, okay. And they're like, well, what's going on? And they're like, someone has uh, threatened to murder Isla. And immediately we're like, you got the right kid. Okay. 
And then they're like, no, it's it's actually more serious than that. He said he's going to go and get a gun and bring it to school Whoa. tomorrow. And we're like, all right. And they're like, we just want to give you a heads up. And immediately we're like, what did you do to the kid? And Isla's like, what do you mean? What did I do? What? How come I'm to blame? And you're like, because no one just threatens to murder. Literally, the kid's getting kicked out of school. He's no longer in school. He's no longer in that school. What did you do to start this? Because I don't believe it's just that kid. Yeah. She was like, dad, sometimes it's just that kid. I go, no, nah, sometimes it's not. Like, what did you do? And she goes, okay. Well, if you if you had to put blame on anyone, it would really be on my friend. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, but like, it's interesting. We victim blame. Mm -hmm. This idea that you shouldn't victim blame is, is absurd because we literally victim blame with every diff. If you come home and there's something spilled on the carpet, you are blaming well, I guess the carpet is, is would be the victim in that circumstance, but it doesn't matter. Whatever the fuck it is, you victim blame, and and like, did you just lay there? Yeah, <laughs> you just get walked all over all day. You fucking pussy. You? you get walked on yeah. all fucking day. You never stand up for yourself, and now you got catch up on you. Well, you deserve it. <laughs> fucking, did you even move? That's a that's a um. So wait, so let's let's. I want to pivot. Yeah. I, I want to talk straight logistics. I don't know if you can. I don't can I know use the bathroom how, real quick? Is yeah, that yeah, cool? yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Where's it inside? Uh, piss out by the fucking palm By the rats? Tree. Yeah, no, no, right here. Dude, right by the rat climbs up my fucking dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I, they've seen my dick all the time. They're fine. Just right by, take a left right here. You'll see, uh, you'll see where I pee. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. <laughs> Did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? I am 46 and I still have hair. Do you know who doesn't? Tom Segura. I think he's 52. I'm not really I'm not really sure how old he is. No, he, he, I started losing it when he was 32. I don't know how old he is, but he's definitely bald. If you're noticing right now that that hairline's slowly moving back, or if you're getting like a little bald spot in the back, like I felt at 22, the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something right now. Do something right now. Get in front of that drain and stop it in its tracks. That is exactly what I did, and that is why I still have hair. Some guys turn to weird solutions, and you don't have to when you can turn to medicine and science. And that is where 4 comes in. 4hims.com is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, all for men. No snake oil pills, no over-the-counter gas station remedies, prescription solutions backed by science. You don't have to go into a doctor and have an in-office in awkward doctor visit or wait in some long pharmacy line. 4 Hims connects you with real doctors online, which saves you hours. Completely confidential, completely discreet. Ask, answer, they're going to ask you a few questions, answer a few questions. Doctor will review it, and if they determine it's right for you, they prescribe the treatment that is shipped directly to your door. Get the hair loss treatment everyone is talking about. The one featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy. Just to name a few. Right now, right now, my listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. And obviously, subject to a doctor's approval, see the website for full details and safety information. Guys, this would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy or somewhere else. Go to 4hims.com. Slash Burtcast. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash Burtcast. Forhims.com slash Burtcast. Hey, did you know Comedy Central has a new podcast called Your Two Dads with Sean and Julian? Hosts Julian McCullough and Sean O'Connor are comedians and longtime best friends 
who also happen to be dads. By the way, I love the idea of this podcast. I really do. I wish they had podcasts when I became a dad because I really think I would have loved doing that podcast. In their podcast, they share crazy stories about parenting with other comedians, writers, and actors who also happen to be dads and even a few moms. On top of that, they also force their guests to eat and review baby food, role play, bad parenting scenarios from the news, and figure out who among them is the real dad and who's the bad dad. This is a damn funny show, and these guys are, trust me, these guys are hilarious comedians, first and foremost, dad second. These guys are not experts, but they are funny, and their kids are still alive, so in my book, that counts for something. And if you're not a dad, you're still going to love it. But if you are a dad, you know a dad, or you're looking for your dad, <laughs> you'll love it even more. Subscribe to Your Two Dads with Sean and Julian for Comedy Central's idea of a parenting podcast. How long have we been doing so far? Uh, like an hour and eight. An hour and eight? Yes. Oh, nice. An hour, eight minutes. Um, We'll just keep this rolling. Dude, there seriously were so many rats. I went out there and they all started running out. There's like six of them. Hey, how funny would it be if uh, Andrew was taking a shit right now? <laughs> if he was just shitting out by the fucking tree? There is like, a chance that rats can bother him though right now. There's, they're pretty close. There's so many fucking rats. I've never seen that many before. Whitney was like, uh, there are rats right there. God damn it. We need a new fucking house. <laughs> it's time. Um, I do not have no interest in doing a spot tonight. You safe? Um, what uh, I want to talk about logistics, like, and and this is, I think this is more, this is very inside baseball. Okay, but I'm curious, how many of your shows you 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 tape? Everyone. How many people you bring with you to shoot? The the problems you that arise in certain clubs. What clubs? Won't allow you to shoot. Yeah, uh, I, I'm like, I'm like curious if you're wearing a mic at times, or right. if you're just plugged into the board. And I'm curious what your turnaround on a video, on an average video, is. Okay, so because I this film all, this every is, show, you film everything. So I take my guy Alex Media. He's my video guy. He does all the stuff with me. Records the podcast as well. But like, you know, we're putting out all the content. He's uh, filmed the last two specials. Now I also take uh, another guy, Mark Gagnon, on the road for me. He opens for me, but he's also part of the team, and he does you know editing and video stuff. So like everybody wears multiple hats in this regard. So they both come up with me everywhere. I tape every single show. So I could do eight shows in a weekend. We'll tape every single show. And just so that we could have one minute, there might be one moment for five minutes that's gold. But in order to get a moment where like, I'm roasting some guy who was a convicted murderer. In order to get that moment, you got to tape every show. Yeah. You can't hand pick, right? So we tape every single one, and um, that's you, where we get our clips. Do you clips. find that I, I had a film crew travel with me for a while to do a documentary, yeah. and I found myself, I found myself, I, I was shocked at how much, how often I did the same act. Yeah. And then I was shocked at like, in order to get, stuff for the camera the ridiculous chances i was taking yeah yeah i mean like for me i like fucking around with the crowd because it like locks me in and it you know creates some separation i get to work out new material and also like every city i'm going into i'm working on material for that city so like because we do the travel show the dropping in 
Yeah, what and and what what's so that? So dropping in is just like my travel show. Like every different city I go perform in, I do a I do this, you know, like we go check out the city, go check out some food there, go party, and then I'll start it with a bit and then I'll end it with a bit. And usually the bit that I end it with or that I start with um is informed by the experience. You know, so we're in Washington DC and um you know, we went and checked out like the Lincoln Memorial. Have you seen the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah. And like I, I, the bit I think was like, you know, Lincoln's the blackest president. He's, you know, like Obama's black, but he's not the blackest. And then like, I mean, have you seen the Lincoln Memorial? Like it's behind bars, you know? And if yeah. you know the Lincoln Memorial, he's literally yeah. in like a prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just go like, you know, victim of senseless gun violence, whatever. I just like yeah, say yeah, all the other, like yeah, 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 the yeah, other yeah. shit, you know, the penny. And um, the so penny. It's, a, it's a coin of color. So I, I basically like find bits from each city and then I'm putting those in the dropping in series and then any kind of like crowd work or interesting moments that pop up i get to you know put out but like the crazy thing is in the last seven months i've put out uh four hours of stand-up it's unreal the but pace what, but do you feel like and that's not including my current hour that i'm touring so i released the crowd work special i released my last special I have a new hour and all the other stuff in between is like local things, these, you know, little crowd work moments, kind of wild shit that happens at the shows, et cetera. Do you feel like, do you feel like any of it you wish you'd held on to and not? So there was a crowd work moment in the special that I think could have been a great bit if I just had more time with it. And it was the Epstein shit. Oh yeah. Okay. And it was like, yeah, the bit we were talking about sexual slavery and I was like, um, you know, say what you want about sexual slavery, but it's the best type of slavery. And I think that for me, that's a perfect joke for me because yeah. I love that. Just this like, just like justify, not justifying, but going, this is the best. You have to, if you had to choose a slavery, right? Yeah, like you yeah, have yeah, to admit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that for me could have been way bigger and like grown into like a real fucking chunk. Yeah. But I I wanted to, you know, release it in its most natural form, which was what happened at the show. There is a weird thing that's going on now with with seeing <clears throat> it used to be that <clears throat> people put out specials once every 18 months. Yeah. Now with content going out like that, it's almost like do you remember the movie Far and Away with Tom Cruise? No. I don't know, it's hard to explain, but there was a after the Louisiana purchase, um there was a a moment where they basically sectioned off properties and said all right everyone get on horseback take off and claim your property right. and there is a weird sense of like the people that staked it like almost like uh i'm the guy that does this like it's like i lost a bit in the Chappelle special which one my, my michael jackson bit when I mean, we covered the same shit yeah so i gotta kill that joke because it's Chappelle. i watch i watch Chappelle's special going Pleased, and that's and that's almost why I moved away from anything topical. Oh, I completely get what you're saying. Because I I was like I got to a place where I was like covering topics that I felt everyone was covering. Yeah, and so I was like I need to make it about me. So like per, I have a gun bit, but in order to get a gun bit, and and this is does become problematic. I need to go buy a gun. Yeah. Sure. So like, and that's my gun bit. <laughs> yeah. Is my experience buying the gun. And it is so awesome if you can do that. But you can also do that because you built up a loyal following that cares about you enough. Or a trust that I, I get cheat laughs where I can go, where I can, it's almost like, it's a, it's like, it's cheat code into comedy is like, you can make 
some like there's a joke I have about my daughter saying a word, and it gets the biggest laugh I have in a thing, and it is technically not funny. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I think people misunderstand funny. I don't think you can make funny. I think yeah. funny exists. It's it's like she, she says it, and you and people. It's but like it's like that's it the, exists, bro. Like. I, I was trying to explain this to Mark, like my, my opener, like he's so funny. He's got like great, like, and he's got great joke writing and stuff like that. But like, I just kind of like locked in on something with him. Like I, I made it. So whenever I say the word chicken, he laughs Yeah. like, and I just, I, I just, I don't know. I locked it in. I put oh, the hooks in and whenever I say it, he can't not laugh. And it drives him fucking crazy. Cause he's like, I don't understand the science of this. Like, I don't understand yeah. why this is funny. And it's just my way of trying to explain to him, like, funny is there, and if you're a good comic, you open up a window to it, and everybody gets to look at it, and then you just close the window. Nobody's making funny, and the mm -hmm. people who, like, make funny, they're not funny. Like, the word problem comics, it's yeah. not really that funny. There's some, Yeah, there's some comics where I go, I remember when we first, especially when we started, remember Bobby and Kelly and I being in the back going, like, it's clever. It The math of it adds up. It just, I'm not laughing. Exactly. Like, even look at, mm -hmm. like, you look at like a Mitch Hedgeberg who, who's like a super, you could argue math comic because he has the clever stuff, but you're actually laughing at Mitch and the jokes are a vessel to laugh at Mitch. Yeah. Right? Like, Oh dude, one of my favorite jokes ever is he's like, you ever hear a song and, and, and it brings back a memory. Oh, hands across America or uh, not hands, hands. <laughs> what was the fucking, we are the world. Remember the time I finger fucked you by the, you know, like. But but it's like the in between the, the joke stuff shit too that you're laughing at, right? Yeah. So it's like, I guess that's what uh, that's what I would say is the big difference maker. A lot of times is like you have to be the joke, and if you're just if you're just like a person who just like writes clever jokes, to the to the average person watching right on social media, you're no different than a meme page. And nobody cares about watching the meme page live. It's interesting. Right? Because yeah. you're just saying something clever, just like a meme says something clever. What they want to do is feel who you are, your experience, and, and they want to look at you and go, well, how do I feel? Don't say the most clever thing about a subject. Say what you fucking feel about it. Like, because they, they want to know, shit, well, I feel like that finally someone said it. Or that's a great perspective. Like, Bill Burr, is not going, what is the most clever take about guns? Bill Burr is saying how the fuck he feels about guns. And if how he feels isn't funny, he doesn't tell the joke. And if how yeah. he feels is, he does. It's an interesting, that is a really interesting perspective because there are people. They just who, write the, they're like, I want to write a joke about Uber. Why? Uh, why? Yeah. What, what good does that do? There was a lot of guys when I when I first started that I felt like they just went through the list of things that other comics talked about and yeah. wrote their take on it, like taxis, subways. And I remember I remember not being able to do that because I was I would like go into a subway and then you know when you're young you're with your notebook and you're like and subways so like these poles they're like stripper poles, huh? Right, stripper poles and then like and then you're like, huh? And then it wasn't until I had an experience on a subway that I go, oh, that's my subway joke. That's my subway because I feel fucking some way about this. I can't write a single bit about something I don't feel a way about, which is annoying when you got to lose a bit. Like the bit that I had to lose is annoying because I felt that way about it and I was really plugged into that. And like we just same came to similar conclusions, but he's so big that 
you just can't do it. There's a lot of people that I think there's a lot of actually uh, parallel thinking oh, that for the first time ever. The greatest, with Chappelle. the greatest thing with with the internet and like us all posting clips is you're going to see so much more parallel thinking, and then people are going to go, oh. Not everything is theft. There yeah. are people who steal and we know who the fuck they are and we write them out. Yeah. But there's also just a lot of people who are going to take a certain take mm -hmm. and multiple people put it out. And then the reality is it's like whoever's biggest or whoever's first to market tends to win that. I had a joke. I had a joke that was almost identical to uh, a Tony Hinchcliffe joke. Yeah. And one of our friends was like, yo, you might've seen Tony do this. I go, no. Yeah, I, I definitely. I wrote this joke fucking ten years ago, and he's never saw you do it. And he never saw me. But do you both it. came just, to the same conclusion. Yeah, it's like ultimately, someone's gonna go. You know, why, why aren't they making baby powder for black people? Like, it's a fucking. At some point, someone's gonna go. So it's all white. Like, it's That's great. And so, yeah, but it's like, and then I just lose it because I don't want ever want Tony to think that I saw him. Right. And 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 then I don't ever want to, and I don't ever want to put it in the position of like, hey, Tony, uh, I'm I got mine. I've been doing it. 10 more years longer than you just respect Dude. like I, I just go you know what I, I i i gotta move those jokes out of my act i if i see someone doing a bit that's similar to me i i go up to them and i say hey i just want to let you know i have this bit um especially if i've put it out there already yeah because if i put it out there already and it's gotten like millions of views I want to let a young comic know that so that he doesn't go on a show and these people who probably know me and have seen me are going to say, oh, he's just taking that Schultz thing. Yeah, because that's people's initial knee-jerk reaction is, oh, he's a thief. Exa exactly, right? So yes. it's like, and I had this kid who, I had this kid who was open for me and um, funny fucking kid and he just had a take that was similar to an older bit that I had and he was opening for me and we're yeah. in this fucking theater in Chicago and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know because um, we I did a pop-up show the night before and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know I have a bit that's similar to that my audience might be aware of it. You do whatever you want to do. This yeah. is up to you. It, I, you don't, I don't think you've ever seen that bit. You know, I, I'm not accusing anything. I just want to give you the best possible situation where you could kill. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, there's probably going to be people in the audience going, hey, ain't that that? Yeah. At that Schultz bit? That's my thing. I, it's, dude, get it out there. So how do you discern what material you're willing to put out on the internet versus what material you want to hold for whatever i mean i know i know there's been offers for, i know that there's been offers for uh big for more more mainstream media specials yeah but like how do you determine this is good for the internet versus i mean because in my book i mean i'm i'm old school with this in the sense of putting out material i don't want anything out there because everything's game for me yeah. like when i go into a special i want two hours of material and i want to take three months to whittle that down to my hour and then what i don't use i use for the next special right <clears throat> how do you determine so i i try to have the interactions that i'm having with people on the road but see, my interactions yeah spawn bits like my interactions if i i mean like I, my interaction my comeback it, all of a sudden i'm like okay that's like well perfect, if i want to go no perfect example uh, the period party joke that I had was based off of it was based off of crowd work. Yeah. Because Isla had her period, she threw a period party. I right. had my experience with it. Yeah. But I started it as crowd work of going like, 
telling the story about what had happened. Yeah. But as I worked the bit with the audience, and I videotaped it. Yeah. But as I worked the bit with the audience, I went, oh shit, this could be like it's a got legit legs. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, s take that video, watch it a few times, rewrite it, rework it. I'll know by but the end I was of a tempted, weekend. I was tempted to put to, it out. And then and then even yeah. still, I put it on Conan and it goes viral. And then I'm like, fuck. Well, that's a tricky thing for you. You got to be careful with that. But like, like for me, it's just, okay, I have, I have what I'm doing as the hour and I'm building the arcs out and I'm figuring out what these things are. And like, before I put my special out, I got to see what Chappelle does and Burr does. Because mm -hmm. in my mind, those are the guys I'm competing with, right? It's like, we're, we're having takes on these topics mm -hmm. and we need to have the best and most original takes, right? Yeah. I'm not competing with you because I'm not talking about your family. Yeah. I'm not talking about your experiences and I'm not, I'm not in your lane. Mm -hmm. You're at the top of your lane. So you just competing with other people that are doing similar things as you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I I, I got to wait till Bills comes out because I got to make sure there's nothing that we have similar and yeah, he's going to be specials, fucking amazing. His specials, I saw it. It's I, amazing. It's so good. Dude, I know he's, he's fucking incredible. I saw him working some stuff out, but like, so I need to look at both of those and I got to go, okay, I got to, I got to be, I got to be better than both of these motherfuckers. How long is it going to take me to do that? You know, how long, okay, this has got to go. This isn't funny enough. Bill's was funnier than this or Chappelle's was funnier than that. Let me just, that's been said. It's redundant. I don't think Rock's working, but if Rock was working, he's another person that I would like really consider in that yeah, regard. He does that kind of, I mean, he, that's his. He's talking about what's happening in the world and he, and he wants to have a statement about that. And that's, and like, he wants to move culture in that regard, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, so for me, I have my hour that I tour and it was most important that I built up the hour first. Once I built up the hour and I have something to tour, I can rip things out, add things. And yeah. then if I have an organic crowd work reaction with somebody and then throughout the weekend, it builds into a bit, I might not release that on mm -hmm. Sunday. I might go, I got to hold that. That's a good, that's a good chunk. But, yeah, but, but that I, Epstein I shit, know, I, I should have held that Epstein I shit. know you got the same fucking little trigger finger I got. Where you get a good bit, yeah, and you're like, "This is gonna fucking light up social media." Yeah, let me post this, sell some tickets for. I got, I got a tour in Australia. I want to sell some tickets in Brisbane. Yeah. I know this will work that way. Like I, that it is so hard. <sighs> yeah, like I, I got that dance video on Friday, and we didn't release till Monday. I said the whole weekend. It was I was killing like, you. I was like, "Come on, man, burning." What the fuck are we doing? Fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I got a little more patience with that because I know that I'm going to get it out eventually. Like, yeah. And the other thing about me is like, when I want to let it go, I could let it go. Like at any point in time, I could put it up. Yeah. So I'm not waiting for Netflix or like Comedy Center or something to go. Okay, we will slate your special for the this. It's like, no, I'll put it out if I want, and it's going to hit a million people. Or it's going to hit, I don't know, what is the crowd we're special at? Half a million? I don't know when we're posting this. But like yeah. we're a week in, it's at half a million. Like for me, that's unbelievable. Like if Comedy Central got a half a million people watching any of their shows, they'd be through the fucking roof. Yeah. You know? I, 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 what, would, what would sway the, what would sway the, your emotional turmoil with working with mainstream media right now? Would it be money Nobody. or freedom? Nobody. I mean, for me, I always support, like the greater thing for comedy is like letting comics know that they're not dependent on these networks and that they could be dependent on themselves. And that like, there is an option, you know? So like that freedom is important to me just cause I'm like, you know, some sappy American about it, but like, it's also just freedom of content, you know? But, um, I, if I post my shit for free on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, I'd be stupid to not post it for money on somewhere. 
Like that's just petty. There's no enemies in business for me. Like no. I don't care that these people didn't believe in me. Like I'm not one of these guys that goes like, like, oh, you didn't. That's the difference between a boss and a and a leader. Like, like a boss is someone who goes, you were a bad employee, or I didn't like this guy, so you'll never hire him again. But a leader lets people convert. Like I saw my talent when you couldn't. That's not my fault. Yeah. That's your fault. You couldn't see it. I have to forgive you for that because I know better than you do. Right? So if now you're a fan, it's like, okay, you get it. There's this, you know, no harm, no foul. I've gotten offers even, from these I guys. Think, I don't even think they, I don't, I mean, no offense to the tastemakers and the comedy yeah. business, but I don't think, I think funny is the last thing they have to fucking yes, check on the list. I think for the funny, most part, man. they're like, what's your footprint like? Like, what's your, where, what are your numbers? Like, how are you good with it? Like, yeah. I feel like I, I remember. What race are you? What gender are you? We have to make sure it's, There's you know, so many of those things that are so like part of it where you just go. I remember really, I remember one of the things that I made me uh, really kind of connect with you early on was you, I, I'd heard you say, um, no one was paying attention to you. You weren't a comedy darling, bro. I was never like, I mean, never a car, like to the point where I, I didn't, why would you be? I, I remember going like, what, what did I do? No, let me tell you people? what you did. You're a well-adjusted human being that can have a conversation and, um, probably got laid when you were younger. Yeah. Like the people in this business, right? Imagine what most of our comic friends are right now. Imagine like the executives in this business, they all wanted to be comics, but they weren't good enough to be comics, right? Or they didn't have the balls to be comics for the most part. You know, I mean, there's some people in this business who like truly love the production aspect of it, but like I think so. the, the, the majority of these people would love to be comics, right? But they can't. So they relate to the angst, the nerdiness, the social isolation, the being bullied, et cetera, so much, right? And they never developed the funny, to like combat that. Yeah. So when they see a guy like you, they're like, oh, you picked on me all through high school. Oh, 100%. Right? So why would I give this guy... In their mind, they're like, he already won in life. He had, he knows how to talk to strangers and he doesn't get uncomfortable and start like uh, stuttering. You know what I mean? Like, he's won in life. Why should yeah. I give him anything? I need to give that guy that is like a social nincompoop uh, a shot because that is what I believe comedy is. In a weird way. I truly believe this. And I don't think it's I don't think it's like evil in a lot of ways. I just think they think they're doing the best job they can, but they can't remove their ego from it. Like I love businessmen that like I love a motherfucker that back in the day was like, you you don't have it, and then comes to me now and it's like, you got it all. Cause he don't care. He just wants to make money. Yeah. I can do business with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if Israel can sell weapons to Egypt. <laughs> I can do business with you. You know, it don't yeah. matter. They're like, what what works out? How yeah. do we make this shit work? <laughs> like bury the hatchet. Like, I got no beef with Netflix. I got no beef with any of these places. I just saw a trend in the business probably before most people. And when I spoke about it, most people thought I was crazy. And now that you see I don't think, I don't think anyone in the business side of it, like like anyone working and selling tickets, you know, yeah. There's two things I, I hang my hat on. One is uh no one gives a fuck about you except for you. Facts. I remember I remember watching Dane just care about Dane and make business happen for Dane. And I remember Barry Katz, I love him to death, but him celebrating in Dane's success. And I remember going, 
No, that that Dane did that. Like you definitely helped get whatever he wanted to do right to the right. You did what a manager should do. Yeah. But I remember thinking Barry Katz could do that for me. Barry couldn't do anything for me. I needed to do it for myself. It wasn't until I realized that that I was already doing stuff for myself. I was like, oh fuck. And the other thing, the other thing is, you know, I mean, you got it. This is the crazy thing about this business, and it, and it's a little bit of what makes you and Rogan a little bit of outliers. But you need to make other people money. The second you can make other people money, you become so valuable in this business. Like this, you know, I guarantee you Kevin Hart's room is filled with flowers because there's a lot of people who pay their mortgage by Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who want to make sure their flowers are the biggest in that room. Get well soon. Soon. Hey, soon. Hey, 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 hey. What's the recovery time? Six or eight weeks? Let's make it six because I got money to be made off of you. Soon. With capital S-O-O-N. Do you think of yourself as silly? Yeah, if yo, if you don't have silly, you don't have funny. You don't have comedy, bro. Fuck yes, dude. There's so like, many guys who lost the silly in this business, bro. Where you're like, if you can't get silly anymore, where the fuck? Like, what what made you so real about things, dude? That that actually is what lets me get away with everything that I get away with. Is it like, I'm not trying to solve the world. Yeah, like you find the interesting point and then you add the silly. If there's anything that I talk to like comics who are trying to do like tough bits or like trying to take on like really tricky topics, I go, just make it silly. Say your fucking smart point about it. But when you're making them laugh, it's going to be the silly part. Yeah. Okay. It's like Chappelle would tell a joke about fucking HIV spreading or something like that, you know, and uh, it was about the guy who slept with a monkey. But the way that he articulated the joke, the way he made you laugh was, uh, you know, uh, what was it? The thing about... uh, uh you know, because about a guy who fucked a chimpanzee. Yeah. You know, that's how like I don't, remember, I don't remember the bit, but he was basically saying someone said that like a chimpanzee, a guy fucked a chimpanzee, and that's how AIDS spread, right? Because he fucked chimpanzee, and then he was fucking humans, and he was like, uh, "You really think that there's a guy out there who was a fucking fucking a chimpanzee on Sunday?" And then fucking Charlene on a Tuesday, and then and then he goes, and then he has this act out where he goes, uh, where he goes, Charlene's such a great name, but he has this act out where he goes, he goes, he goes, fellas, I'm sorry, I gotta hang out with my chimpanzee. He goes, he goes, he goes, you don't know how hard it is uh, to get your chimpanzee to suck your dick without peeling it. <laughs> but like that's silly we're yeah. talking about a heavy topic we're talking about the absurdity of that yeah. you know justification for aids but the 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 it's a dick joke at the end of the day yeah it's a it's silly a dick joke at the end of the day dick joke at di- suck dick banana yeah. joke at the end of the day and it's like if you lose that you lose comedy when i when i was young i remember feeling like there were so many older i'd hung out with an older comic and i'd be like some of them were just silly and you could giggle with like and you'd be like god damn it man i remember being like I mean, you're fucking 50 years old and we're just giggling. Yeah. Robert Schimmel was, I, I would have no idea how, I mean, when I was, I, when I was young, I thought he was like 70 years old. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he was probably 45. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I remember giggling with him backstage at Caroline's, just giggling and, and going like, God, you're a grown up and you still can giggle. Yeah, man. And I think that's the coolest thing about what's going on in the New York scene right now is the New York scene is so heavy with heavy hitters of fucking just great comics that are fun to be around still fucking excited about the business such and silly like yeah chris de stefano I, to this day he's oh, great he i love him he is so such a fucking silly person he's great i saw him and Giannis 
I, I giggle about this. He goes, you know, you got to give it to the Japanese or the Chinese for conquering Japan because, you know, how do they know who's who? And the two of them just start giggling to each other. Yeah, yeah. And you're just, it's one of the reasons I love doing a podcast with Tom is that Tom is silly. Just as- be silly. Be absurd. Like we were, we were talking about, uh, they were like, uh, fuck, what was it? Uh, that that uh, China has uh, made the most uh, advanced facial recognition software in the world. It's like. They better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could see a couple people count it twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, if you lose that, if you lose like a fucking silly stereotype joke that you yeah. can have fun with, it's like, what are we doing this for? Like, we, oh. we want to make people laugh. If we want to change the world, we would go do that. Let's be yeah. honest. Like, that's my the most hilarious thing about these like really political comics is, is like, I just want to look them on their face and go, you don't care. Yeah. You don't care. Because <laughs> if you did, you would go do something about it. Yeah. But you're in Portland at the comedy club. Like, you don't care. <laughs> no. Stop acting like you fucking care. It is fucking funny to see comics just straight up virtue signal and Dude. go. Ugh, it's so and with no joke gross. about it. And you're like, hey, man, maybe you should get a different job. Because our job is just to giggle. Dude. Make people giggle. If you can make them think and giggle, that's great. But get, definitely giggle first. Dude, if if people I know, are laughing, I know, I know who it. you're talking about, by the way. Do I you? know. Oh, yeah. We're dude, we're all in the same tech circles. We're all texting each other the exact same comics tweets. You going don't like care. What the fuck, bro. You don't care. Like the most and then the hilarious thing to me is like especially when like the foreign comics come to America and then just like shit on America. And it's like, you begged to be here. You begged, bro. You had to fill out an extensive like visa application yeah. where America basically goes, hey, you better kiss my fucking taint if you want to be in America. And you go, yeah. well, where is your taint? <laughs> Uncle Sam, where's your taint? I'd love to kiss it. And the second you get in, you're like, well, how could these Republicans do this? And these, everybody yeah. in the South is stupid. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's crazy that, <laughs> it's crazy that, that, that we let it happen. Do you realize how foreign that would be if you went to a foreign country? Son, and they you're would like, crucify an American. And you're like, the North, of England is a bunch of fucking window licking. Like Redneck. everyone will be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, who invited you here to talk shit about us? Like, dude, it is mind boggling to me that we even allow it. Like, I, I <laughs> that we even allow it. Dude, I remember getting into a fight with. Cause with, you don't care. Like, yeah. you don't care. You don't care enough. Cause if you really cared about like helping a country, you would start with yours. <laughs> Right, like you would start with your fucking country, yeah. right? But you don't care about helping a country. You just want to be famous. And here's the best place to be famous. And the lane for fame that they gave you was shit all over half of America, which is fine. But at least look me in the face and go, dude, I'm a fame whore. I don't care about nothing. I, I, I don't care about none of this shit. I don't care about who they vote for. I don't care about Donald Trump. I don't care about Hillary. I care about nothing. I just want to make millions of dollars and I can't do that in my shitty country. But the idea that we allow it, like how generous and kind are we? Oh, it's astounding. We let people come to our country and, and make millions of dollars trashing half of it. Us. The balls, the, the 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 unbelievable arrogance that that takes to think that you should be able to do that and walk around the streets. The fact you don't get punched in your head. The fact yeah. you don't get punched in your fucking head is astonishing. I remember being when they were electing George Bush. I had a bit I was working on 
that uh, George Bush, George Bush would go down as the greatest American president there ever was. It was obviously take the opposite angle. of Love it. Tell me why. Uh, Because he will be known as the guy who started the liberation of Iraq, the liberation of the mid one day you'll be laying on a beach in fucking Kuwait going, you know, George Bush made this possible. Yeah. Oh, look, you can still beat their women. Anyway, yeah. the, the whole, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but so the, I was working on this bit and sometimes in life you'll have a bit, and I'm saying this to the people, to the pedestrians sure. and you'll slide it into conversation. And the, the punchline I loved, which is that I delivered to this woman, we were having dinner and she was not from America and yeah. she was complaining about George Bush. And I said, well, don't vote for him. And she goes, I can't vote. And I said, then shut your mouth. Yo, it's and I go, so I go, true. you don't hear me. This is my line. I loved. You don't hear me pissing and moaning about your group of elders who decide when carnival is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she went, huh? It was like owning my, and, and, and my, and no one, my fucking, no one, none of my friends stood by my back. They literally were all like, Bert, oh. calm down. I was like, guys, I'm working on a bit, but Dude. like, but yeah, it's, it's funny that it's I, just hilarious because like admit that, I just find it inauthentic. Just admit you just want millions of dollars and be famous. Yeah. Just admit that. Can you just admit that? It would be great if you just right before someone special, I know who we're talking about right now, but right before they're like, time to make the sausage. And they're like, this is how the donuts are made every morning, everybody. Well, what's up, you suck-ass Americans? (laughs) It is kind of bizarre because I travel and traveled abroad a lot myself, and I know you're going to Australia. I know you've done, you've just got back from- all that kind of stuff. But like, you don't- there, I don't, I don't ever go in and trash your country, and I, but I, and I definitely won't go in and shit on America. I don't ever go in, and that was like a big thing. Like when, when Patrice and I were doing abroad, we did uh, Edinburgh together. Yeah, you'd see the Americans be like, uh, "So I'm from America? Huh, I know. Trust me, I live there." And you'd be like, "Hey, man, I remember Patrice and I'd be like, hey, man, then don't go home.' Yeah, like how dare you? Because we were both me, him, and Voss." We're in this room owning New York, like owning you it. Should. Like we, that's where we're from. Yeah. Like how dare you? I remember. Oh, by the way, we can shit on America. Oh. In America. Yeah. Because we don't got a choice to go anywhere else. We I, have to be here. I feel like that about Florida. I feel like I can shit on Florida because I'm from Florida. Yeah, you're from Florida. Like <laughs> yeah. you had to grow up there. Yeah. So you could say whatever the fuck you want, oh. but I'm not going to move to Florida and then shit on it. <laughs> Why did you go? This place sucks, dick. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's up with the fucking heat? Whose fault is that? <laughs> like, whose fault is that? Dude, it's almost uh, to the point, like, you know, there's a lot of comics that, like, complain about, like, how awful. Well, I don't know, a lot of comics, but there's certain comics that, like, they they, they like, complain about, like, how the awful racism in America. And, of course, there's racism. I'm not kind of playing. But, like, the, the ones that, like, moved here, like, yeah. their parents moved here, it's almost like... You got to take that up with your parents, bro. It's like, like they knew, you know what I'm saying? They knew what they were getting involved in. Your parents. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's like they, it's not like they didn't look at the news. It's like they yeah. were fucking hosing down black people down South and they're like, we still want to go. You know, it's like, you got to talk uh, to your folks about that decision making. How much, how much of your, how much of your global awareness is, and and I I don't mean to discount you. Go for but it. Obviously, you know I'm a huge fan of Charlemagne's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. much of your aware, global awareness is is that you hung out with one of the most interesting artic I said articulate. You shouldn't say that about Bobby, but like literally articulate in so many respects. Yeah. On culture, meaning on culture. I would say 
I would say um, none of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Charlemagne's fucking. I didn't realize until Rogan just how fucking bizarre that guy oh, is. He's one of the least cultured people I've ever met in my. Oh it, no! See, I see it from a. I love a big not, fan of the Breakfast Club. He's and not. I love his interviews. No, no, he is. He is arguably. I think undeniably the smartest person I've ever worked with. He's and like so fucking the, smart. The most rawly talented person I've ever worked with. Like yeah. when you talk about raw talent, just raw talent, like yeah. it is unbelievable. Like how he can be in a room with comics and like lighting shit on fire. Mm -hmm. Like it's nothing like he is unbelievable. And his ability to market is second to none. Like if really? he wants to open a marketing agency, he could be the best marketing agency in the world. Hands I just down. see him as talent. I don't see that side of him. That in terms, I don't know it. No, no, for totally, for to totally. But like that and his just understanding culture, what it, it's on, it's mind boggling. But like at the, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to him to like learn about like what happened in, like in when, India no, or like what happened no, but in like, like, when, like World he, War II knowledge and no, that kind of shit. Yeah, I can, like I imagine even but American no, but like, knowledge. Like, but even like even like like uh, um like so like it, what's happened a lot in our society is like cultural appropriation. A perfect example. Yeah, it's like I didn't. I maybe I still don't really entirely get it. It's, but, it's just broke people complain about that. It's like the the first thing you do with your culture when you move to a place where you're the minority is you sell it. That is how every minority group makes money. Like mm -hmm. Chinese people move to America. What do they open? Chinese restaurants. Right, and you let people appropriate the fuck out of your culture. Little cardboard box by a little cardboard box of rice until yeah. you make money and send your what kid is, to Harvard and then you enter the upper echelons of society. What is it? The wasn't even uh, wasn't even a real thing uh, was uh, the fucking poo poo platters. That wasn't even a real thing. It wasn't they made up general. Asian, yeah. There's no general. So yeah, they just make shit up. Listen, you sell it to white people. That's really interesting perspective is italians they do whatever you can sell of yourself i mean this is existed as long as culture has been around right mm -hmm. it's like you there will be a shook in the middle of fucking morocco and then all the different cultures will come and bring their shit and they'll sell it at this fair because you can make money off your culture because it's different right so mm -hmm. the number one thing you should be doing is it and here's the thing if you protect your culture right mm -hmm. and but it's still cool we gonna want that cool dude like, cause we appropriate cool. We don't appropriate culture. We appropriate the cool shit. My buddy David Wynn had a funny joke about this. He's like, like Wu Tang Clan appropriated, you know, karate. Yeah. They didn't appropriate violin lessons. Yeah. Right. Like the jizzle wasn't, bro. You know what I mean? Like strumming that, that shit. Did you ever or see that documentary when they go to fucking Asia? And you realize just how little they know about Asian know culture. Nothing, they, all they know is karate kung, kung fu movies. movies. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying, but they because that was what was cool about Asians. So they took that shit. Yeah. Right. So everybody appropriates what's cool. Now, Black Americans run cool. They yeah. fucking run cool. So naturally, they're gonna have the things that are taken the most because they decide what's cool. Right. If I was in their position, what I would be doing is owning all the things that were cool and then actively selling it. I'd get ahead of it. Like the Chinese go, oh, they think that we wear straw hats? Uh, quick, let's sell some straw hats. Yeah. Oh, they think that we use throwing stars? Uh, quick, get some throwing stars. Like mm -hmm. whatever they can make money on, they will because that elevates them. So if I was them and they're like, oh shit, people want to appropriate from us? We'll open up the store, dog. We'll do your cornrows. Yeah. We'll do all these things and let's make us a bit of money on every single part of it. Because 
That's what made hip hop stars millionaires. Yeah. Like you could, let me tell you something. You could complain about white people all you want, but no rapper is saying white people don't show up to my concert. Because there'd be nobody in your concert. No rapper ever has. It's really hard as a rapper to discount white people's participation. 80% of this record sales. Like you would be. Jay-Z is a 200 millionaire if it wasn't for white people. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like. Like the people that get that make millions of dollars off of it. And the people that don't complain about it. It's just a, it's an argument for broke people. It really, what it is. It's That's sad. Really interesting. Yeah. If you, you guys, have money, you get it. You're like, how can I sell my shit to people? And you guys met on Guy Code? We met on Guy Code. Yeah. And just, and when did you guys start Brilliant Idiots? I don't know. Maybe like five years ago or something like that. You know, we were just talking, we'd, you know, have these cool debates and arguments every single week. And, and uh, then this guy approached Charlemagne about doing a podcast and he hit me up and he was like, yo, let's do this shit. So we just did it. But we really? were already doing it on the phone and like texting throughout the week, regardless. We just, me, Duval, and Charlamagne, well, Charlamagne and Duval already had a relationship, but like me and Duval and Charlamagne, we just kind of like gravitated toward each other for whatever reason. Universe does that for yeah. some reason. Like you're meant to be with these folks. Did you and, grow up uh, around a lot of black guys? Yeah. I mean, I went to public school in New York. So it was like my, my friend group was very diverse, but it wasn't anything like, like seeing diversity like applauded is such a funny thing for me because it was the norm. It was yeah. like, wait a minute, you don't have black friends, like, or you don't have a, you know, Dominican friend, like, that. That was more odd to me. Yeah, you know, so like, I don't know. It's just a weird. It, you, it's second nature. I think that's why for me, like having the diverse, like having a diverse fan base, it's like I don't feel like I don't relate to these people because I re- I found a way to relate to people outside of our identity very early in life. So my comedy is a reflection of that. It's it's really interesting. Um, because I don't, I don't see it. It's not super silly, but like, I don't see a huge, uh, like, I don't really notice when people are of Spanish descent, like, yeah. uh, like Cuban, Puerto Rican. I never really, I never, I never catch it. Yeah. And I'll say things like, oh, or I never really noticed Jewish either. Yeah. But I think I grew up around that. So I don't, I don't really pick up on it. Yeah. But there was no diversity when it came to uh, black people. Where are you in, from? South in Florida. Yeah, what part was, of Florida? It was Tampa. Oh yeah. As yeah. crazy as it sounds, there was I would argue there was segregation in the South well past into the fucking. Oh 90s. yeah. People, I mean, there was yeah. in Tallahassee, <clears throat> there was FAMU and there was Florida State. I mean, that was like it was like no, you have a black college and a white college, and then and then if you were poor, of whatever race you were, if you were poor white, you could get into FAMU, and if you were poor black, you could get into Florida State, but for the most part, it was black and white. And right. I, I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't even think about. I remember telling someone about FAMU when I moved to um, New York. I, t- I told Dimitri Martin. And he was like, wait, you had a, like a black college? And I was like, yeah. You didn't? He was like, no, it was very diverse at Princeton. Or wherever he went, <laughs> Yale. I was like, oh, I don't know. But that's the other thing. It's like, it's diverse, but it ain't. Because like, there's different levels to diversity, right? There's like. How diverse is it really if like every one of your parents is either a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer? It's like, yeah, you had like somewhat different cultural experiences, but like you went to private school, like (laughs) you're Asian, but you went to private school, like you're Nigerian, you went to the private school, you're white, you went to, but yes, you guys had different experiences within the upper echelon of society right so it's like yes one time like i was forced to wait outside the country club while they got my car (laughs) for this white lady instead right it's different when you're going to public school you're going to public school with kids that are like 
coming from destitute poverty and like myself, which was like, you know, upper middle class, like very, you know, privileged, you know, in terms of economics background. So like, that's how you really get to know people. Funny. We, we, we had a, um, alumni saw baseball game at judge. I went to all boys Catholic high school. And uh, (laughs) I remember we were, they were announcing, you know, they announced the team and you'd line up on the first baseline. If you were the home team and if you were the white team, you lined up on the third baseline. And they announced the alumni we were playing against were all like men in their 30s, 40s. And they're, I've never been more aware of my future. They were like, uh, and uh, uh, Gino Alfredi, he's a baker. And the next guy was a plumber. <laughs> he's a cop. Yeah, yeah. And I remember all of us looking like, I thought we were all going to college. We yeah, expected yeah. better things for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But all these were really just fucking Hammenegger, like working class men. And we were like, I remember looking down the line going, so we're just going to be working class. Like we thought we were all privileged and we're looking at like our future lined up facing us going like, no, you're going to be fat and you're going to be fucking working for a living guys. Scary, right? It really is. It's a, I don't know. What's, so what's, we'll get, we should wrap this up, but we're, what's, what's the goal? I know I put, I know for a fact, you're not the kind of guy that doesn't have a plan. Like what's the goal? Like what's like to be the goat, but do, in being that, do you want, I mean, do you want to do movies? Do you just want to do stand up? Would you do a sitcom? Do you, if someone wanted to buy your non scripted series? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I mean, like, I have different agendas, you know, that I, I think I could go about. But, like, like for me, the, the goal is always be the goat, right? And stand up, mm-hmm. right? That's always, I want to wear the belt. I but want I think, I think be... it's all our goals, but a lot of us keep it to ourselves. Yeah, like, I know. I, don't believe I know. That. I always want to be a great stand up. I want people to go, wow, that special is the best one I've seen. But I, yeah. I, in my head, I've never, like I had it written on my front door at one point. Yeah, you should. That's, yeah. You I mean, I think every single one of us has that feeling. Yeah. We can celebrate everyone. I can tell you Burr's special, Chappelle's special, Rogan, Tommy, Ari, Joey. You name, down the line, everyone's your crowd work, everyone's you special. Just named, you just named the goats for me. Like those guys, like, and I also think go, being a, the goat is a generational thing, right? Like, like when I look up to Rogan's, when I look up to, you know, the Chappelle's, when I look up to, you know, Rocks and those guys, these are, these are like the OGs. Yeah, you know I think I do too. So, yeah, it's like yeah. You, those are the OGs, and it's like they're they're on Rushmore. They're untouchable. You can't touch that, right? But like for me, I'm looking at my generation, and you know, like who I'm coming up with, and like I want to be the goat of my generation, you know. And um, yeah, I don't mind saying it. I know comics like we we do this thing where like we pretend to be humble because we're so concerned with being liked, and it's it's not about humility or anything like that. Like I'm I'm the I want to help comics more than anybody in the world. And I actually, I think I put my money where my mouth is when it comes to that kind of shit. But like, but I'm not going to lie about my aspirations. You know what I mean? Like I I really want to do it. Like I put out, I put out the crowd special the same day as Chappelle for a reason. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to be in the conversation. I know he's the goat, but I want to start putting my name in that combo. I want you to watch both of those. So that was premeditated? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my boy, my boy recommended to it. We just did it on a whim that weekend, but when we decided to edit for 30 hours straight to get it out that Monday, like that was, yeah, that's part of it because you can't even be it unless you're in the conversation. You can't even be it unless you're in the combo. So it's like, I I've at least have to enter the combo where it's just like, Hey, just watch them both. If you laugh, if you find yourself laughing as much, yeah, there's going to be a little party that probably goes, Oh shit. This was, this was pretty funny. 
You know, like, oh, I might have to look at Schultz in a different way. And like, how often do we get the opportunity to do that as comics? Like, how often do you get to like put yourself up against the bet one of the best to ever do it in like the current, the current goat? You know, so it's like it was a big day in comedy. Yeah, that was a big day in comedy because that was when my dancing video came out. But I wish Son, I, had, I wish I had I, any I fucking this. insights. No, I tweeted because I, I would have put it at a day later. <laughs> no, I tweeted this because I, it, to me it was such a great day for comedy. It's like you drop this this dancing video goes viral. Chappelle has this special, it goes crazy, and then I dropped the crowdwork special, it goes crazy, and it's like it, it was such a cool day for comedy. And the reality is like there's so much time to watch shit. Nobody was tired of watching comedy that night. I watched I watched my video probably a hundred times. I yeah. watched your fucking stand up the day it dropped. Yeah. And I watched Chappelle the day it dropped. That's it. And by the way, how come no one how come no one super woke is is ever just going like, hey man, talk about all the different comedy that's out there that's given to you for free. Dude. I mean, no one's ever just applauding like, hey, at least people are taking chances. We're These people are chances. going out there and doing different things. We're doing it. We're we're making fucking moves and like we're reshaping this industry, man. It's it's we got another maybe five years before the streaming wars are all settled. You know, I think is that, is that what you think is gonna happen? I think about so five I know you've years. been pretty vocal about what's going on with Netflix. I think the Disney mer Fox merger. It's gonna be Netflix, Disney, Fox, um, NBC Universal, uh, Warner, TNT, HBO. And then make maybe one other streaming thing, and the, all five of them will compete for you know who's the bad baddest motherfucker on the block, and then shit will settle, and then someone will bundle all of them, and then we're right back at cable. <laughs> so we have five more years before we're right back in cable, and now what for the next five years? You ask what else I want to do? It's like I want you, me, uh, you know, Rogan's already there, but like you know, Segura, all these guys to build up as much real estate as we possibly can in the digital space. So it's like, oh, what you guys are doing with all things comedy, great. So that in five years or 10 years, whatever it is, when the streaming wars are settled, we'll sell our entire platform to one of those streaming houses and you Do get you know that Howard Stern check. That would be. But that's what will happen. That's what I'm working on now. It's like, I want to be the biggest comic on YouTube as YouTube becomes the most watched platform on the, in the world. Yeah. And... I want to be able to like put my friends specials out and have shows with my friends and have this like crazy umbrella of content. And then in fucking eight years when Disney comes to me and they're like, all right, dude, we need you on our side. And I go, okay, I need 500 million. God, man. That's, that's to me, I think that's the next five, five to eight years. But look, I'm crazy. No, you're not. So no, you're not. No, and you're I'm not. crazy till it happens. Let me tell you something. When I'm I crazy start, till it happens. When I started doing what I was doing, with the way I my when my brain shifted, I couldn't get anyone to fucking listen to me. Yeah, I couldn't get anyone to fucking listen to me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll talk, I'll talk to you about this off air. The hardest follower is the first, right? Like the first person to follow a prophet is the hardest, right? Because there's no precedent for that person being right yet. It's easy to be the hundredth or yeah. the millionth. Like it's easy being the newest Muslim. But the first one, you know what I'm saying? The first one that was looking at Muhammad like, all right, we'll pray five times a day, dog. Whatever you, all right. You know what I'm saying? Like that motherfucker took like true faith. So that's yeah. the thing. Like you got it now. I looked at it. I look at it like uh, when I, when I, I don't, I wish I could remember when you popped on my radar, but I remember when you did going like, oh shit. 
it was almost like what it must feel like when uh when like two mormons meet and they're like hey you're into like, this and, and yeah. you start going like like i'm not i know i know i'm not crazy no like i knew there was a way about this other than like I knew that you could just make content and yep. know that content would speak for itself and people would find you via that content. And I was like, you don't understand how many people fucking, I can remember the, I remember the first time everyone said stuff to me where they were, where they, we, you could see them slowly convert. Yeah. I remember Sebastian Maniscalco going like, looking at me, trying to figure out like the, the way that like someone that, finds out they're gay at 45 <laughs> must look in a steam room and he's like maybe i wouldn't mind my dick sucked like i remember sebastian going like huh uh, it's fucking crazy man i'm glad i'm glad i'm friends with you I, too, because bro. because i like the way your brain works and i love why i love what you're doing thank you man and I've, feelings mutual bro i'm telling you there's a few of us that we're gonna you know and i hope more enter but the ones of us that are doing this right now we're gonna be the ones that run this business as hollywood begins to decay yeah, so badly it's i wish like, i could apply i wish i could get more people to listen i wish i could apply it i'm, I'm don't I'll tell them i'll show I'll, them. I'll tell you what i'll tell you what i got going on when we get off this okay because I, I do believe i don't know you what i realized bert is that telling people things is is meaningless you know like if you show them that's where they really kind of are converted and change like everybody thought that Nobody cared what the fuck I had to say, you know, like at the seller table about the business until I started selling out <laughs> theaters. And now it's like when I talk, it's like it's very valued. And yeah. if I'm giving advice to these guys, it means I can something. Tell you, I can tell you when when you showed up on my radar, I'll find the text. Hold on. <laughs> I can tell you right now. Hang on. But yeah, that was that was what happened with me. So it's like. Once you once you once they see their salvation in you. And once they see their success in you, all of a sudden, they will be able to follow and have value. Well, it's going to be a while. And Never just mind. know, and just know that like when you're the first to do something, like you're always going to be met with your crate. Like you know how long it took me even to get like my agents on board. That was one of the questions I wanted to have. Like, yeah. so who's your agent? How the fuck did you get? Because I know my agents. I literally have lunch with my agents in an hour. Yeah, and. I love my agents. Yeah. And I think they've been behind me for a while. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I just got, I'll, I'll talk to you about it off air. I'll like, talk to you about it. Here's a like, perfect example. They asked me to go out to audition for this Netflix show that's going to be coming out. I forget, like Steve Carell was behind it or something like yeah. that. The audition started two minutes ago. <laughs> but I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if I do that show. Like, uh, yeah. it's not my goal in comedy. So, like this to me is more valuable. This to me is more oh, important. Oh, this for me is way more valuable more than fun. any fucking voiceover audition, any audition. I know this actually puts people in seats at my shows. This, pay, this pays my bills. And if all I want to do are the shows, then why should why the fuck should I care about a show that's going to get canceled? Like Netflix is already, Netflix is already like said they don't even care about doing multiple seasons. That their model is kind of, do a season or two and then new, 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 yeah. new. So it's like, you want me to invest time in something that you're not going to invest in? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. We're doing it right. Just it, everybody will catch on when they catch on. And the only way that you get them to catch on is just keep selling out shows. Every time you post a theater that's packed, they're going to be like, 
Maybe he's onto some of that dancing shit. I saw you. I saw you show it. Was it Thalia Hall? Oh yeah, dude. With the, was crazy. that the video you did? The fashion one. Yeah, where yeah. you fell into the audience? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, there's so many levels on that that I that I perceive. For sure. Once again, it's like your stand up. That I what I see. I don't see you smiling. I don't see your arms crossed. I don't see them carrying you. I see the guy next to you that is a is a fucking ride or die motherfucker. And you yeah. go, that's a ticket sale for the next ten years. That guy's gonna come see you like that's an interesting fan that is a you know i remember listening to them talk about jeff dunham's fans and i forget what the term they used but i remember going like god damn it how do you get one of those that's that guy and i went motherfucker that's, and that guy you get you get enough of those guys you get, if you can well, i don't know what thalia hall seats but like two thousand of those guys and, and then next year they're gonna bring a friend and then the year after that all you want to do is double business that's it all you want to do every year if you can just, I said, when I did, before I did my Netflix special, I go, if I can just keep the same amount of business, I'm good. And then every year you just, if you can double it, dude, you're fucking murdering it. In group this text, bro. The group text made my career. Just sending out clips, sending out, let's go to the show. I try to keep my tickets at a price range where like you can buy one for a friend that doesn't know me. Yeah. I thank them after every show. I'm like, I know there's a lot of people here that invited friends and you know, you just told those friends to trust you. And I hope that I proved you right. Because I know for a fact that that's what took me from clubs to theaters. Yeah. Is literally people just going, you got to see this guy. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad we did this, dude. Me too, bro. I Thank you so much for having me. With Let's you. do it. Let's do it. <laughs>